I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book, is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. I've got idea, man. You take me for a walk under the sycamore tree, the dark trees that blow, baby. In the dark trees that blow and I Welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazaska. And I'm Ben Durant. And this is 3.0. Yes, the new series is out. Yes. And I think we're ready to talk about it. Oh, Ben. Uh, before we get to the up, uh, we're going to be discussing parts one and parts two. Uh, and there will week. be spoilers. We are yes. spoiling this, so if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend you go check it out on your favorite uh, <laughs> means of watching Showtime. Yeah, I mean, I hope everybody who, who is listening has seen parts one and two at least Yes, at this, at this point. Um, I, I want to really mention really fast, so yeah. we've got a new theme, a new old theme. Yes. Uh, our Sycamore Tree is a new version by Narochi. He was kind enough to let us use the, the, the music for the theme song. So we, we've had a busy week. Oh. We've had such a busy week leading up to the new series. It has been Twin Peaks nonstop for like a one week of was like, just oh. craziness. It was great. I was almost like exhausted before the show even came out. I know. I needed a nap. So what did we do? We, we, uh, we went to New York. We went to Brooklyn, New York for the... Um, Tribute to Twin Peaks event. But It was thrown by Showtime and Barbecue Films. And Francine in the pink room... They did their stuff. They're, they're burlesque, and they dressed up. And what I loved about it was, was what great. Barbecue Films is known for is kind of like having these type of themes, and then there's these characters that are dressed up. Let's say like Back to the Future. They dress up as Doc and interact. interact, interact. And instead, we use the Pink Room, the burlesque uh, group there, yeah. and they are dressed up like they they've done for Miss Twin Peaks events as Twin Peaks characters. So you have Audrey and you have Nadine and you have all these characters. And I love the interaction. And I Frank it, Silva. Yes. Wasn't Frank. Bob. <laughs> hey, Bob. No, Frank Silva. Yeah. It was great. And they did an amazing job. Uh, real quickly, I mean, we got a room that was set up like the Palmer's living room in oh, different yeah. areas. And there's a TV on. And I know some people were hoping there'd be an invitation to love. They didn't put invitation to love on there, but there was still like other just, you know, the trees blowing and you had the image of Laura. And there's just this kind of feeling of Twin Peaks. And this old, yeah. old TV set, you know, those big bulky. Those furniture? <laughs> furniture TV sets. That we and had as children. And there was actually multiple living rooms. Yeah. So there, I don't know if it was there three or four living rooms, yep. but it was kind of a great way to just hang out with other people. And just be in the mood. Yeah. yeah. And they had a stage, and they put on a show. 
Um, and this is up. You're talking about upstairs in the Black Lodge. Or? That, well, they had a stage. Oh, they had a stage right in the living room. In too. the living room, there was a green screen downstairs, and a group of us when we went down there, and they would superimpose you in front of like a Twin Peaks uh, logo and stuff, and it was moving like a well, GIF, and it felt like you were in the Black Lodge. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was really cool. And then upstairs, the very top was the Black Lodge. They had a live band playing behind a red curtain. Yeah, uh, yeah. That yeah. was wild. That was wild. You, I almost forgot. The music was so good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is recorded? Uh, no, no, no. This is a live band playing right, behind right, there. Right, it's right. so cool. And I have not witnessed the burlesque show, and now I have an old boy. It is awesome. It's, it was really cool. You got like a you got like a uh, a small version of that. An I mean, abbreviated, yeah, abbreviated version, version yeah. of that. But yeah, it was really fun. And then they had a, like a double R setup as well. They had the sign and they had like a little uh, uh, counter and you actually we got pie and coffee. Free pie and coffee. Yes. We got free cups. We got like anything you could take. <laughs> I wish we took Anything more. Anything that wasn't nailed to, to the, the floor, floor, you could take. <laughs> uh, we could have took more, but we didn't realize. Um, I did mail out uh, two hats and a mug to Scott Ryan. Yes, he did post on Twitter. He got it, so nice. that was really nice. Yeah, so it was just it was just a great time, and they had the uh, they had a uh, costume contest. Yes. And my favorite was the uh, there was a jumping man and I know uh, he's so uh, cool. There's another guy who dressed up as Hawk and I think he won. He had the then, long hair. Yes, yeah, the long. The hair. long hair got it. The, yeah. All the girls loved it. Uh, yeah. It was a really good time. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was a ball. We got to see a lot of friends uh, we haven't seen in a while. Um, we got yeah, to hang Maya out. Yeah, Maya was there. Yeah, and Genevieve and and we Peter Dom. Peter Dom and so it's, there was so many people that we got to just hang out. We got to see David. <laughs> David Bushman, Bushman briefly. For, briefly, yeah. So we had, we had a great time. Oh, it was a ball. And, of course, in uh, our style of going out, since we're in Brooklyn and we don't go out to New York very much, we ended up staying there way too late. Way too late. And I think we came home as the sun was coming up. Yes. Yes. Here's the thing. My family were waking up <laughs> when I got home. <laughs> That's really bad. And Wednesday was nothing. I slept through Wednesday. Uh, I, so Wednesday did not exist to me. I know. I was the same way. I thought. I really thought I could get a couple hours sleep and go into work late, but no, no I knew the day. The whole day. So it, And then we got to uh, Friday, and we got to see Firewalk With Me on the big screen in Amherst Cinema. And we got to meet... Someone who's the, I would call the silent partner of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Andy there, he does our, he does our graphics. He's yeah. been on our show before with the, when we were doing the Cooper book. Yes. And he brought his wife, Hannah. Yeah. And that was so much fun. We had a, such a good time with them. And I was exhausted. I was pretty tired. but Because it, it started at quarter of 10. Yeah. And so what? It was, uh, it was, pretty, it was pretty We got late. Mexican really close to the time we had to be there. Yeah, it was good. It cut it's close. close. But, yeah. but what, do you, what, what was the experience for you, Brian, seeing uh, the movie on the big screen? You know, man, I wish we had more time to talk about this, and I will through the next 18 weeks, but seeing Firewalk with me on the big screen with a group of people with the audio just cranked mm. was amazing. I, it, there was any changed, sounds I don't remember in the 25 years that I've watched that it movie. It changed the movie. Right. There was times where I swear I heard Sarah Palmer from the pilot, you know, where she says, Laura. Like, and I could hear that in a part of the movie and I don't ever remember hearing that before. And it's like, oh, wow. There are some really mixes and sounds that I didn't even know were there. Yeah, and it, it truly, truly changes the film. Also, with an audience, every time James showed up, everybody was laughing and giggling. Uh, and the hu- like, there was like subtle humor and people got it. 
people laughed. Yeah. And, and we saw so many young people, you know, like uh, there was, they announced the film, there was somebody came up and they said, oh, raise your hand if you've never seen the film. And I was like, oh my gosh, I mean, there was probably like, the place, first of all, the place was sold out. Yeah. But I, I bet you there was like 50 people who had never seen the film before. And it's like, wow, it's like the next generation. There's these people who, you know, it's been around for 25 years and this is the first time they're seeing it. Yeah. It's and crazy. it was cool. And I did notice, I did notice, here's the one audio bit. The ending, Judy, I sort of got that was David Bowie's voice saying Judy, and I didn't know. I don't know if it's David Bowie, but there was always always a theory that that was David Bowie the monkey. Like he had gone into above the convenience store where the meeting was, and that he was there, kind of just witnessing it. And so some people's theory is he was the monkey, but to me it sounded like David Bowie. I didn't hear that, but yeah. yeah. But I mean, like. The audio of that movie changes it, so I highly recommend right. if you could see Firework with me in the theater, go do it. I now, mean, here's the thing: awesome. is so we're talking about all this stuff. I don't think people are here listening to the show right now to hear about our no. past week. They want to hear about the show, part one and two of the return of Twin Peaks. And I think we've got, we're going to have a few guests on today. We're going to have Harley Payton, who Ooh. was a writer and producer of of the original series. He he helped write the last episode. Yeah. And we're going to have John Thorne. He's going to share a little bit about his experience the past week. And uh, maybe we'll get him to talk a little bit about what he thinks of the new show. Oh, it's going to be a great show. Ah. So let's talk to Harley. Hey, man. How you guys doing? Good. Good. How are you? You got some time for us? I definitely have some time for you. I was going to say, so do you get to watch uh, the new Twin Peaks? I, in fact, have seen all four of, of the first four that are available to us. Awesome. Nice. Bri- Brian has not seen three and four yet. So. No, I'm waiting for three Uh-oh. and four uh, this weekend. Because we're just, we're focusing um, mainly on one and two this week. Yeah, but so. if, if, okay. you, if you decide you want to talk about it, I'll throw <laughs> Brian out of the room. Yeah, you can be, <laughs> I know some stuff anyway, but I, I kind of want to uh, uh, yeah. wait till Sunday just so I have something to look forward to. I didn't want to yeah. like. That's no, good. I. You yeah. know what? I. I absolutely thought of. I considered the same thing because I like the sort of weekly rhythm of watching mm. a television show. I'm not. A, I'm not big on binging. Although I do it sometimes on some shows. But I just. I. I wanted to see more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 in part and without. I don't just give away nothing. But I really, for me, and this is just for me, it really came together in the fourth episode. Mm. So that was. So that was really worthwhile for me because I spent a lot of time going, I'm digging this. I, it's, it's brilliant. There's all this cool stuff happening, but it just didn't quite feel like Twin Peaks to me. Mm. Um, it, it felt more like, I mean, as I said to friends, it's, you know, it's, Twin Peaks is always about the surreality of the normal. And the early episodes felt like the surreality of David Lynch to me, mm. which is an awesome thing. It's not a bad thing at all. It's great. But it was really the fourth episode where I kind of went, "Oh, here we are," <laughs> and I felt, and I was like, very, very. Actually, I just talked to Mark about it yesterday. It was very, very kind of happy, and it's like, okay, now I get. You're a writer producer for Channel Zero, and as you know, yeah. as the writer and producer with Twin Peaks, what what is your feeling about this show? You know, 25 years later, and, and what it's doing. Well, I mean, it's sort of ridiculous. I mean, one of the one of the funny things about watching it, I found is that you you start to see just how many how much it influenced television that came mm-hmm. after it. And you don't really and you don't really think about that, at least I don't when I watch watch it usually. But watching it now it's like, oh, it's like those weird mechanical things on the wall remind me of loss. Or <laughs> and by the way, there's a lot of stuff that reminds everyone in in the Channel Zero room of what we're doing on Channel Zero. Yes. So you know it's like it's interesting how 
you really do get an even better sense of, of, of what the impact was of it and, and just how deep that went over the years, you know, even in its absence. So, you know, that's been kind of cool, and I've certainly noticed that. Um, but that was one of my main takeaways just about how it influenced things now. Yeah. It's, you know, I think Brian and I both loved, loved what we saw. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I thought was weird is, like, I, I'm, I missed some of those memorable quotes, and probably the most memorable quote from Twin Peaks is that whole give yourself a present every day that you wrote. Right. <laughs> and it's so good. Yeah. And I, yes, to I did. This day, to this day, I think it's probably the most quoted uh, uh, Twin Peaks line that I know everybody I know who likes Twin Peaks does. So it's, that was the only thing I missed is, like, I maybe if I watch it enough time, I'll start, like, finding those quotes. But it's just a different – it's a different beast, I guess. Yes, yeah. That's the point. Exactly. I think that's. It's funny. I, I I hadn't thought about that, but that's very. That's you're absolutely true. That there. I don't think there's. There hasn't been at least. Although I think there's a little more of that in four. Hmm. Um. But but you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that in that sense, it, it it is a different animal in some ways. I mean, that was for me. It was like particularly in the, in the first two episodes. You know, I, I just I wasn't entirely satisfied with just one scene with the Horn Brothers. Mm. You know, it's kind of talking talking inexplicably in their office, <laughs> or, or 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 by the way, for God's sake, seeing Shelley across the crowded roadhouse oh, room. Yeah, that's um, cool. You know, in, in a long shot in a booth where it was very hard to hear what she was saying. Right. And and then James comes in, and, and I listen. I love that place, and I love those characters. Mm. So for me, so for me. That was what I really missed, and even though there's not that much more time spent there in three and four, um, there is a little bit more in four. It's I don't know why, but it just started to coalesce, or maybe I was just more willing to accept the kind of direction it was taking, hmm, and not yeah. keep letting my, and let my you know. So it's, it's that expectations game. You know, you have an expectation of well, fuck, what's Hank up to? You know, you really want to <laughs> see what these characters are up to. And when you don't see, that's what I was focused on. But now yeah. I'm focusing more on the story, the story as they're telling it. And look, the hardest problem in the world was always going to be how do you, what do you do with Cooper? Mm. You know, what is the solution to that thing? Right. And I think they came up with a brilliant idea, a brilliant way to do it. Mm. And three, a lot of that, a lot of the stuff in three, the visual stuff, particularly at the beginning of it, I mean, it's absolutely stunning. So. Yeah. You know, it's it's like I, I always I go I've been going back and forth all the way through it, and with sort of you know being sort of loving it, and then but then at other times going well, this is really more like Firewalk with Me for me, mm. which wasn't really which always felt sort of like a cousin to Twin Peaks, but not Twin Peaks. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, but I, but I think the more I watch it, the easier I'm finding to just kind of let let all of those expectations go and enjoy what I'm seeing, and obviously what I'm seeing is super cool. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you talk about uh, what to do with Cooper. I think Brian and I were wondering, like, like how are they going to structure this? Like, are we going to even see Cooper in the first episode? And, like, are we going to get any answers? Right. And I was actually surprised the first, you know, first show, they're giving us all these answers, and we're seeing a lot of Cooper. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I, just, I was surprised. They really did – I mean – I, I was so satisfied, and I was like, wow, they actually are delivering it for the fans. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, exactly right. I mean, I think they really made the decision – that, you know, they can't walk away from what was the kind of the biggest question mm -hmm. that was begged by the, by the last shot of the finale. And, and we're all sort of aware of that. And everyone was trying to think about how they might possibly handle it. Yeah, I, I, I like you, I was a little surprised, but very happy about that. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about it. And listen, I mean, I do miss 
seeing some of the kind of actors who I know, mm. but I mean, Kyle is just, Kyle is amazing. I mean, it's such a great thing for him. Yeah. You oh, know, God. basically get, getting to play the two different characters and it gets even better and funnier mm. as you move into the subsequent episodes I found. And again, I've just seen four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Cooper, see, seeing Kyle McLaughlin play a villain like this yeah. really yeah. is amazing. Like he yeah. knocks it out of the park. Yeah. And David Lynch yeah. has um, some amazing villains. It, like he's yeah. he's done some great villains, and seeing Kyle MacLachlan yeah. play a villain is just so surreal. Yeah. But ah, oh, so good, so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's right in the Frank Booth arena. Yes, and yeah. yes. And, and really, yeah. And he's really. I think he's yeah. He's doing an amazing job with it. And then of course, when he gets to play the character who is, you know, kind of it's the diametric opposite of that. Mm. I mean, it's just it's so great. So yeah, I, I mean, again, that for me has been. Some of the most fun that I've had in watching it thus far is sort of seeing what Kyle's done, and and then again, without getting without spoiling anything to Brian, when they get to four, when they get to four, I feel like you know there's Robert Forster, and we and we you know and we meet uh, the son Andy's son Wally Brando. Yeah. There's already. And by the way, there's already a guy on Twitter with the name Wally Brando. That's oh. so like one day someone's already got the handle. That's great. But that stuff is so much fun. And I've been talking to Mark about it. And, and that's, and you know, you, you get, you just get a sense of, of, of what, a lot of that stuff is just like going home again. And that mm-hmm. I, I, I love that, you know? Yeah. And yet yeah. I understand that they've got to go and figure out some new things, but you know, Denise Bryson, there's an appearance by here. I mean, you wonder yeah, what they're going to do with the five, the 500 member cast. Uh, yeah. Um, but so far so good. Right. You know, I mean, I don't think I have, it's hard to really have many complaints. I think I think David sometimes gives us more Gordon Cole than we need, but that's something I thought twenty five years. I thought that twenty five years ago. Yeah. And you know, and in particular, in particular, when he's standing in a room with some really good actors who are just standing there listening to him. Right. Um, but you know, that's fine. And that's and look, there's also a lot of sadness in it. I mean, mm. seeing Miguel and seeing Catherine. Oh yeah. Um, and, and and Catherine in particular. I mean, what a brave thing that was. I mean, to her to shoot those scenes, and yes, and heartbreaking is the word. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's certainly that. Um, but look, I'm eager to see the next one. I mean, it's and I got to tell you, my initial reaction was not good because my expectations were sort of wired in such a way mm. that I real I really had my fire walk with me reaction. And when I went to see fire walk with me, I was just sitting bitterly in the theater by myself. <laughs> and. And so I, I had a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, but again, the deeper I got into it and the more I was willing to let my expectations go. And I think at the same time that they, you know, they did a little bit more than just, again, the fan service of the Horn Brothers having a three-page scene. Hmm. Um, and when those characters feel more integrated, then it gets better and better. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And I think you and, and the other writers, what you guys were so good at was being able to be funny and be serious and be sad and have all these emotions and somehow it could be all in one show. I mean, yeah. I think that was just always amazing that yeah. you guys somehow could do that. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was always the goal. And I think, you know, when we got off the path a little bit was when those balances kind of fell out of whack. Mm-hmm. But that was always the goal was to kind of bring all those things, you know, to the, to, to the screen. And, and listen, I think they're doing a little bit of that now. In fact, again, there's more humor in the later ones than in the first few episodes can be pretty grim. Mm. Um, or not grim, but I mean, there, there's less of that humor that we're familiar with. And I think you get a good deal more of that as you start to dig in. So you're, you're working on Channel Zero. Can you, get, can you tell us how yeah. that's coming along? 
Well, it's been great. I mean, it's it's a really fun show. And, and the thing is that they, 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 UCP, you know, it's a six episode anthology series. Mm. So we tell, we tell six episode stories and, um, and you know, it's, we're now doing our, we're now, we're about to start shooting our third block of six and we're breaking the stories for the fourth block. Wow. And there was some, there was, some, there was some discussion about, about when, these would be played because they, they want to do it as sort of a Halloween special. Mm. I mean, if they do it as a Halloween special, then we've given them, you know, everything they need through like 2020 almost. <laughs> um, but, now there's, but now, but now there's a sense that, um, that they might play them to in, in the spring and the fall, although that is mm. not official. So who knows, right. yeah. but um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's the nice thing about it is that UCP, I mean, we make them for very little, you know, they don't cost a lot to make. Um, we, sh- we shoot them up in Winnipeg and, um, and they give us an extraordinary amount of freedom. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the directors that we've had, I mean, for example, the director who's about to do this next one, whose name is Arkasha Stevenson. Um, you know, I think she's done, she did a pilot at Sundance. I mean, hmm. you know, we're really, we're really allowed. I mean, the idea here is to find directors whose aesthetic kind of ideas and concerns match up with the material and in every case, I think we had a, a guy who directed one feature who did the first one. I mean, they even let us bring in his DP, which is almost unheard of. Mm. So Universal's been really, really good with this. And I think in part because you know, I don't think they knew what they had at first. And then it got all these great reviews. And then the numbers were pretty good. Mm. So I think that made them happy. Um, but the hilarious thing is, to, uh, you know, when we hired Arkasha, they said, you got to look at this pilot that she did for Sundance called Pineapple, right? Mm. This is a digital ser- it's a digital series now. And... And he said, what do you think of her aesthetic? And I said, well, this is going to sound extraordinarily arrogant, but I was there when that aesthetic was created. And because it, was, <laughs> it, was so much, it was so much from the Twin Peaks world, oh, wow. um, but really wonderful. And so, you know, I think we're, we're usually inspired by that and like, and Gregory Crutzen's photographs and different things that, that all kind of fall into that same area. But it's it's fun to do horror that's not just jump scares and yeah. and is more about kind of suspense and tension and, and very weird storytelling. Um, and again, I think, you know, UCP, and I think you know, a large part of that is that we got some good ratings and we're not costing a lot of money. Mm. But they, they've given us a ton of freedom. And Nick Antosky has been wonderful. He came off of Hannibal and a bunch of other television shows. And, and in the first room, we had Don Mancini, who created Chucky. So we mm-hmm. have a lot of really interesting people who are, you know, working on this thing. Awesome. And, um, yeah, we're, we're just finishing up the next block. So, and then after that, who knows? But yeah, that's been a lot of fun. It's a great experience for me. Yeah. And still, uh, for Candle Cove, yeah, your episode that you wrote was probably my favorite of, of that of that series, uh, that season. It was so good, like the character development and how you have these interactions between these these men or these people uh, that yeah, knew yeah. each sure. other. It was so good. I thought your writing was great, and oh, thank I you. loved it. And I have very good look. I have very good luck with episode threes. I think I should always <laughs> just request that's true that I get to write a, a third episode. That should be and if, and I, you, know, you could also make the argument that any show. When you get to the third episode, everything's up on its feet, yeah. and it's a whole different process. You're not introducing things in the same way, right. so it's not just a joke. It's not just a joke. I think there's something about that. But, but thank you. Yeah, I loved writing that episode. It was so much fun, and you know, I've written a bunch more. So, they'll you know they'll be coming in the next as the next blocks come out. Right, it'll probably be October, right? They'll be the next. Yeah, the next one will. Yeah, the next one is definitely, and that one's done, and that one's definitely going to be another sort of Halloween special. Hmm. But I think because they did so well for them for the ratings, 
that there's there's always discussion about well maybe we should play six in the fall and six in the spring hmm. oh, nice. and I think for, I, I I think for those of us who are involved in it that's what our hope is yeah but you know I've seen I, but that I've seen that kind of you know decided upon and then redecided upon once already so. <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath. And I certainly understand why for them there's something appealing about where to do this Halloween special every year. Mm. I mean, I get it. Right. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. But at the moment, yeah, the next one's in October. And then it's all, it's a big source of discussion in the writer's room yeah. on Channel Zero where it's like 99.9%, you know, completely enthralled. <laughs> and um, and then, if I, I mean, Mark and I actually talk more about politics than anything else. Right. <laughs> yeah, if, you yeah. us, if you follow us on Twitter, you may have noticed. Yes, I, um, I do. I enjoy but, it. Yeah, I enjoy it. <laughs> We enjoy it. <laughs> but we have had the opportunity to talk about some things, including, by the way, and without spoiling anything, um, the introduction of Wally Brando mm. is one of my favorite things that I've ever seen on the show. It's Michael Sarah, mm. And um, that's, that's I, like I pure, pure Mark Frost. That, uh, that whole speech that he has. Uh, it's so great. So it's good. so much fun. It's so good. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I know I shouldn't say anything about well, it, but because oh, we were getting ahead. But I actually that whole speech he gives is like I don't know if I believe him. <laughs> He's like, yeah. so <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, he's just full of crap. No, I hear you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, and, well, and 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 again, it may just be it's one of those things. Could easily we may never see him again. Yeah, but I certainly enjoyed. I certainly enjoyed that. I just love that. You know, it's I love. I mean, I get committing to to horror and or violence in such an extreme way that it. It leaves a it leaves a mark. Mm. But w- one thing I think we always did on Twin Peaks, and I think that's in that scene, is is committing to humor in the same way, mm. and not being not being afraid to take that well beyond where you should stop. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's just it's something I like, and it's always been a, of a piece with the show. So I'm hoping there's more that's come, and I suspect there is. Yeah. And now let's talk with John Thorne, the author of Essential Wrapped in Plastic. Los Angeles was just amazing. I mean, it was just. Uh... It was like a dream come true. <laughs> I'm trying to write it up now for the magazine, and I'm searching for the words, you know, to make oh it sound, gosh. you know, to convey the feelings without being, you know, too um, flowery <laughs> in the description. Yeah. So, um, it, I was, it was, uh, it was great. It, I mean, I just I met a million people. I met so many of the actors who were in the in the show, and. Um, Met other people who were not in the show who <laughs> who who knew who I was. I was wow. stunned to see Damon Lindelof, and he wow. he knew who I was. Wow! And uh, That's we awesome. had we chatted for, for a little bit, and um, well, you were in the same uh, video together, right? You guys were both kind of giving. That's, how, <laughs> that, that, you know what? That's how he knew. That's how he knew. He said, "I recognize you," Aww. and I said, "Well, yeah, we're in that documentary." And he goes, "Yeah, oh yeah, we're in that documentary together," and then. You know, that kind of broke the ice, and I was able to kind of hang out with him for a while. Nice. So uh, that was pretty cool. Um, and did, so, yeah, it was. No, did Lynch give a, did Lynch give a speech at the beginning there? Did he? Did he before the, before the uh, show? Yes, yes, he did. Uh, he, uh, you may have seen, um, you may have seen some of it. I think. Oh no, I guess no one's got video of it, right? I don't. I've never video seen. Of it. It. I don't know of anything. No. No. Okay. The, sorry, I'm trying to do two things at once here. The the uh, the text of the speech is on Welcome to Twin Peaks. Ah. Um, if you go there, you can look at it. It's just the text. It's very, very, very short. He, you know, he came out. He said, "I like trees." <laughs> he said, 
He said, and uh, there's nothing like Douglas firs. And oh. if you listen real closely, you can hear the wind rustling through the needles, getting closer mm. and closer. And now we're here. And that was it. Wow. And then he, he, he left the stage and, and the show started. <laughs> so nice. It, it was, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I could, I could go on and on. I, I could tell you, I mean, you know, there's so many people, there were people from the new series whom I had never met. There were people from the old series. Um, I, I will say probably the, uh, the most exciting thing for me was as it ended for Mark Frost to walk up to me and said, what'd you think, John? Aww. And I said, I said, uh, um, I said, I'm speechless. It was so good. I'm so excited. And he said, it's only going to take off from here. That's, that's exact words. It's uh, only going to take off from here. Wow. So I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, I, uh, <laughs> wow. That's so surreal. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's so, uh, uh, it was, it was weird. It was, it was sort of like, it was sort of like the height of my Twin Peaks fandom to, to be, you know, and then I went to the party afterwards and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm part of the party, you know what I mean? It's like they're all walking around. I'm actually walking around with, with the actors, and you know, I I was I was trying not to be too, you know, uh, you know, groupy like, but I still grabbed actors and said, "Can I get a picture?" And almost every single one of them was just so delighted, especially Dana Ashbrook and James Marshall. They were just like, "Yeah, come on!" You know, they, just, they were just celebrating, like they were just. They were just enjoy. They were just having so much fun. And and the Chromatics who sang Shadow at the end of you know the part part two. Yeah. Uh, they sang it live. I wow. was you know, I was like I was front I was right there. I, well, in fact, I I talked to her afterwards. I went up and chatted with her, the the singer. Wow. And uh, so to hear it live, you know, that was just incredible. It was like being in the Roadhouse. <laughs> 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 so. So anyway, I can go on and on. I won't. I won't bore you to death. I'll stop there. But oh, it's not <laughs> it was thrilling. But you you met uh, George, George Griffith. He plays uh, Ray. Oh my gosh! Yeah, George Griffith was. Uh, he was like a fan of mine. He came up to me. He's like, I love you know. I read your book, and he said, you know, don't tell. Well, he said, uh, I didn't tell anyone while I was filming that I'm a huge fan. I'm just a fan of Twin Peaks. Uh, and uh, and then and then when we were done shooting, I told everyone that you know, I, you know yeah. he was a fan. So that's awesome. He was like ready to talk, you know, Twin Peaks theories with me. Wow. <laughs> uh, so it was cool. It was it was just. I mean, I think I mean Madeline Zima who played Tracy, you know, with the coffee cups. Yeah. She uh, she was on the bus with me as we went over to the to the nightclub, and I got out of the bus with her, and I'm just like, I, I, you know. What do you think? She goes, I can't believe it, and we <laughs> we talked for a little bit. So awesome. um, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So you want to cover the? First... What did you guys think? What we? Think? Well, we should get into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, well, well, yeah, let's go. To, it's like yeah, for yeah, you know, yeah, waiting yeah. Uh, 25 years and to see this, I I think I wrote something on Twitter where it's like the younger self and my older self is so satisfied. Like I was really really happy. Yeah, I felt like I always felt like they were you know Lynch and Frost were saying we're gonna. We're we're gonna do it right, and we're gonna we're gonna make the fans happy, and we're gonna kind of wave our geek flag because mm. I I right because you know we were talking Brian we we didn't know if we'd see Cooper on the first episode we yeah. didn't know if we'd see any Twin Peaks right and then like right. I didn't even know how much they would get into the mythology and to dump 
kind of right away in the first two parts where they're like dumping like here's how Cooper can get out right. and like things like this like wow yeah. we're, we're actually giving us answers that I've been waiting for for 25 yeah. years <laughs> I mean, like wow this is something I've been thinking about I, of course I was thrilled to have four hours of Twin Peaks yeah. on Sunday night and uh, for me I had the opportunity to see the first two hours a second time mm. uh, that night but it was it was too much Hmm. Um, and I don't mean that. I don't mean that really in a in a bad way. The show is so rich, it's like having a gourmet meal served hmm. to you, and then another gourmet meal <laughs> served, and you are like, you know what? Uh, this gourmet meal is so good, I got to eat it all. Hmm. But it's not really good for you to eat it all in one sitting. <laughs> so yeah. I think I think personally, I'm going to be very happy to have it out, you know, doled out to us on hmm. a week to week, hour long yeah. basis. Yeah. And have time to think about it between episodes, uh, Brian. I think you're probably in a better position yes. by waiting. <laughs> I know because I, I've almost sort of put three and four out of my head till I watch them again. Mm. There's so much going on in those as well. Right. So you're in. I think you're in good shape, and you're. I'd be really curious to hear. I'll listen. You guys, I'm sure, will talk about it. Yeah how it was for you to have waited a week and then watched it rather than just overdose on it. <laughs> and of course, yeah. I did overdose so, on it. I was like up to three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, then yeah. overdosed. And like, I still think... No that, yeah. Oh. What happened was I took a break because I, I, I was trying to find out what was going on on Twitter and kind of get a sense of what was happening. Right. And then I kind of would get back into it. But like, yeah, I was up yep. way too late. And like, I probably missed some nope. stuff in three and four. Cause that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not only that, but... You know, I'll tell you that when I'll tell you that you know the night I saw it on Friday night, uh, of course, you know there was no opportunity to go any further. So we were like Brian, you know, we we stopped at two, mm. <clears throat> and then I, of course I had the party and all the people and all that. I could I could not sleep that night. I, my yeah. adrenaline was rushing and my mind was just racing with you know, all the potential and the possibilities of the mm. of the show and. Um, you know, I, I I don't know how you were on Sunday night, uh, Ben, but I I couldn't really sleep then either. It was yeah. too much. <laughs> I don't think I slept very well. It yeah, there was a lot of things. Going we were my head. Uh, Ben and myself were chatting till like at least one in the morning. Yeah. and I yeah. after just watching those first two, I was up to one just chatting and looking right. on Twitter yeah. and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's way too late. But I I just kept thinking. And Monday. <laughs> For Monday morning, it, I I barely worked. I was chatting with people about it, texting, yeah, um, and sure. I I rewatched one and two Monday night and last night. <laughs> so I've already watched them three times. So, <laughs> you are ahead of me now. That's, uh, you, wow, you watched it three times. Yeah, I'm every night. Certainly yeah. planning on watching it. Yeah, every night. Every what night. do I do? I watch two peaks every single night. Uh, yeah. What else is on? It doesn't what, matter now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this is a good time to get into the the two the two parts. And yeah. The, the, so okay. They aired. You know, we all know they aired May twenty first, twenty seventeen. Part one. Showtime is calling it. My log has a message for you, John. Are we? Should we consider these titles canon? What do, What is your feeling about these titles? I, I think we we should. I mean, I really do because the 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 titles so far uh, are are direct. Uh, dialogue mm. from the episode, right? And um, which I like, and uh, you know, I, I that's I assume David Lynch is approving almost everything that goes out about these mm. shows. Mm. So 
I would think that's an official way. I still, for e- for the sake of ease, um, it's much e- you know it's much easier to say part one and part two, like, mm-hmm. you know part three, part four, part part five, right. rather than if you, if you told me well, and I don't know the titles for the later ones, but if you said the titles to me, uh, maybe after a great deal of time, <laughs> I would be able to connect mm. the title to the uh, to the part. Right now, it's linear one, two, three, four, five. I work for me. Yeah, I agree. So one of my concerns was going to be was like how you know it's twenty five years later. Are they going to have to like catch people up? They're going to say, well, James was a biker and he was dating the prom queen and blah 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 blah. And I was great that the show started off with the 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 Cooper and Laura and I saying I'll see you again in 25 years from the last episode episode 29 yeah, cool. and that was it and then we're getting into the show and like we get mm-hmm. but there's no you know there's no other there, well, there's, I guess there's some small right. recaps but there's nothing like elaborate or tiny hand like, holding tiny uh, yeah I didn't think it was too bad yeah. I, yeah. yeah 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 and then we get the, a new opening it's I think it's the same music but we see it from the waterfall from up above which is nice it's kind of nice going yeah. looking down what was your thoughts, John, about the uh, new opening? Uh, well, I mean, just to hear the music again was, mm-hmm. you know, very exciting. And, uh, uh, of course, it's interesting, you know, the old opening was so long, really, with all the yeah. names that would come up. And, <laughs> and so it, it, it was, I, I, in some ways, I kept expecting that to still happen. You know, as we were in the episode, mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, we need a list of names. But, but we get that list of names at the end mm. of each episode, and yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's already transcribed and out there on the internet. I, but for me, it's like that's the most valuable reference spot in the, uh, for yeah. studying it. Yeah, you know, to go back and because uh, when I saw the the the, the um, I'm sorry, I'm jumping way ahead here. I'll make it quick. But when I saw the uh, the premiere in L.A., uh, the credits you know rolled by, and I'm trying to process everything, and I had mm. clearly seen Walter Alkowitz behind the bar yes you know and i'm i'm like my gosh that's, that's you know uh that's jacques <laughs> there <Yeah>. he is <laughs> he's alive and i'm trying to reconcile <laughs> i'm trying to reconcile that you know how can, this is now a different world i came out of it thinking uh-oh mm. this is not the world we uh because the, the credits went by so quickly and then right. i saw josh eisenstadt and i'm like Oh, that was Jacques. He goes, no, no, it's a different character. And of course, in the credits, he has a different name. He's another yes. Renault brother. Right. So, ah. um, uh, but anyway, I jumping ahead to the end credits. I, well, I can say, I can say, great to, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. All I was going to say was, yeah. IMDb is a great place to look for specific episodes. So they, you can go there and do yeah. Twin Peaks, and you go specific episode, uh, part one, part two, and yeah. they'll show you a listing. And that, good. you know, when, when preparing for this show, it was very helpful to yeah. go back to look into. And um, since we're mentioning yeah, good, the cre- good. yeah, since we're mentioning the credits, uh, there's two of them, and it'll, the second one will lead to starting off the show. With, uh, yeah. So the one of them was uh, Frank Silva was mentioned in. Well, actually, he was mentioned in yeah, the episode second, two, episode part two, part there, two, yeah. Which was kind of like, oh wow, they mentioned him, and it was really just that that old footage they used, but it was still kind of nice right. to see him in the in so, the credits. But for me, that solidified we're not replacing Frank Silva as Bob. I don't buy that. I don't know yet. I'm not. I'm not. I'm still. Yeah. What do you think, John? I think I. I think Bob is is a figure that could clearly be uh, something we've seen. Obviously, the arm has evolved. I'm mm. sure we'll get into that. Right. I think Bob. 
Bob clearly could take on a different, uh, uh, you know, surface visage or however you want to, you know, he could, he could look different to either different people or he could change his look, you know, into some other menacing type, Mm. uh, I'm not sure he's you know has to be defined in that particular look, right, especially yeah. 25 years later. Yeah. Uh, that being said, obviously we had the one-armed man, we had the giant. You know those those characters from those other realms are still look exactly uh, you know, aged, but still. <laughs> right. Yeah. And since you mentioned the so giant, we'll, there. Yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, and since you mentioned the giant, so the other uh, credit, and I think Brian, you actually yeah. brought to my attention uh, Carl, uh, the the actor who plays the Stryker. giant. Yeah, he, it was he, a question mark. There's several question, question there's marks. Several question marks. Yeah, making us say it was like, is he the giant or is yeah. he somebody? Yeah, it was else? interesting how they did that. And just to go back to the Frank Silva thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, um, we're not going to have someone pretending to be the Frank Silva Bob, like you're saying, John. Right. He Bob can be uh, anything, yes. and I yes. like that. I I don't want someone right. to replace. I'm still. I'm, Frank okay, Silva. I still think know. it could be somebody right. replaced. I still want to believe there's some kind of humanoid or. And maybe that is maybe that is Mr. C, Mr. Evil Cooper there, or who knows what Mr. it is. C. But it's like, right. yeah, yeah. I still want to believe there's some kind of human figure that has to interact. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, I mean, we saw some sort of demonic figure. Yes. in the jail but cell. Let's, yeah, let's. So. Do you want to go maybe in the order? And I was, yes, yeah, I was we'll talking about what the giant was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We start with the giant. <laughs> yes, that was the point I was getting to. Is that we start with a giant or who could be the giant? Yeah, and. He's in a black and white room, and interestingly, there's a gramophone, which reminds me of Inland Empire. Inland yes. Empire opens with a gramophone. The same and- story being retold over and over again. Yeah, Inland yeah, yeah. Empire. So I, yeah, yeah. It's just fascinating. That's interesting. That. What did you think, John, of the black and white uh, scene? Oh, you know, it's funny that you, you know, I remember many, many, many years ago dreaming of the idea. I was just in, in brainstorming that that Lynch could. Uh, use black and white in the world of Twin Peaks. Um, in fact, we actually asked Lynch about the use of black and white versus color, and he said, uh, you know, some worlds are better suited to black and white, hmm. like the Elephant Man, and some worlds are better suited to color, like Blue Velvet. Hmm. And, uh, and so that he's brought black and white into it I think is very deliberate. I think it's meaningful, uh, and I I just loved it. I hope somewhere down the line we have an entire episode in black yeah, and white. Yeah, why not? You know, um, I had the opportunity to briefly talk to Peter Deming, who was the uh, director of photography uh, on the new series, and he said he you know he was kind of hoping it would look better on TV than it did in the theater. He said hmm. the, he didn't like the way the blacks were shown hmm. in the theater. You might. He might have been referring specifically to the black and white. He really, I think he shot it so that those blacks are inky black. And mm. so I can imagine Lynch really uh, utilizing that to convey something. So I am hoping we see more black and white yeah. down the line. Awesome. Yeah. And originally I thought maybe we were in the White Lodge. It's like, oh, we're, we're with a giant and it's a different kind of yeah. look. And I, but then to not, mm-hmm. not be, now to be unsure who this character is, I'm, I'm less. Sure that it could be the the White Lodge, but then it looks like right. he's, he's providing some clues, kind of like he gave clues before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we, I don't know. Some of the things I see is remember four three zero. It's actually on the TV. It looks like it's four hundred thirty, but I think he says four three, three zero. zero. And he also says Richard and Linda, 
two birds with mm-hmm. one stone, and he's missing the word kills, right? Kill two birds with one stone? Right. Would it, what, any thoughts you right. guys with uh, these? I'm looking for Linda <laughs> and Richard. <laughs> uh, well, I know there's a lot I of... Think... John. Yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No. I was just going to say I think the same thing. There's a lot of numbers mm. throughout the two hours, right? We get yep. we get um, later on doesn't uh, who who says is it the one our man? I can't remember. And I've seen it twice. Um, someone else provides a series of numbers to Cooper, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we see numbers, and we will in later hours too. Mm. We see numbers, right? And uh, yeah, it's almost like this crypt, you know, this cryptic puzzle. Yeah. Numbers. Yeah, we got police uh, people are, saying numbers. I mean, they're they're police officers yeah, having in different South numbers. Dakota. Yeah, the, right. There's the, like, oh, we, we got yeah. we got a. I, I have them written here somewhere, but we have these numbers, and this is for this type of thing, and here's our address, and right. it just seems like there's just a lot of numbers. And Mr. Throw. C is looking for coordinates, right? Which is interesting. Oh, that's what, right. That was yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Could, could he? Could those four, three, and C actually be location coordinates? Yeah. For somewhere, right? right. They could be. Anything. And it's interesting to me that like. Most of the time, it seems like whenever Cooper's in these dimensions, he's kind of out of place. He doesn't understand what's going on. This happened in the old series. I feel like it's kind of happening with this series. He doesn't understand what's happening around him. He has questions. And all of a sudden, in this scene, he says, I, I understand. I, I get what you're saying. It's like, you do? I'm like, hey, you, you, Cooper, you understand? Like, I don't understand what you're talking about. Uh, uh, but I well, all of this will pro- probably be, you know, we'll... we'll you know, we'll be in episode. We'll be in part seven or part eight, and someone will say, you know, four, three, zero, or something. It'll mm-hmm. just in the background, and we'll right. we'll know. Uh, okay, that's something we we got to keep that in mind because when it pops up again, it means something. So I'm sure I'm sure yeah. that this will be explained as we go. But it is it is um, it's beautiful that we get these cryptic. Um, clues mm. and we just sort of have to keep our own notes to start piecing things together as it goes along right. what i'd like to remember with the with the second season where where the giant was giving clues is it was clear the writers yeah. had a plan and they're saying hey we have a plan i know you guys think we don't have a plan but we'll give you this information and then the next episode and the next episode you'll see that these answers right. these things are being answered, answered yeah I don't think they they don't I don't right. know if they need to do it this time, but it's nice to also hear that like, hey, we've got a plan. Just stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. <laughs> we got numbers. Yeah. So there's so much stuff <laughs> yeah. going on. I mean, seeing Jacoby briefly in uh, yeah, epi- he, part one, well, getting shovels in. Right, he's out in the woods. Out on in the, the woods. I'm like, is he in Twin Peaks? Is he somewhere else? <laughs> right. There was mountains. It's he could be. And he's working alone, but he has multiple shovels. Yes. Yeah, some he, guy was, so was, a delivery guy brings some shovels to yeah. him, and that's. Pretty much the scene, right? That was the scene. Right. But my favorite thing that Jacoby is like, so we, we see him coming out, uh, I think a trailer, and he's wearing <laughs> glasses, and he takes his glasses off, and then they have the yeah. colored glasses. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, it's right. Jacoby. Yeah. yeah. That was great. That was so great. That was really good. I, um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, um, I think the Jacoby scene, and then we have other scenes of the classic characters, mm-hmm. uh, Ben and Jerry, and, and, and those, they're... They're being sprinkled, uh, you know, kind of uh, throughout without any, um, uh, you know, not necessarily any context right now. Mm. We're just being thrown at us. And I think that, that you know, the, obviously those, those, those characters, I think, will come to play 
I actually have a theory that the, the, the characters we've seen and will see from the old show are going to have more import. Mm. They're going to be more important to the plot mm. than, um, than we might uh, initially assume just as seeing them kind of banter or sit there or whatever. Um, I, I feel that in some ways, almost all of them are going to have a role to mm. play ultimately in resolving whatever this is that's happening. And in some ways, the characters who some of them, we've kind of left them adrift are going to be redeemed in a way um, that they're going to, they're going to have something very meaningful to contribute. I, I, I it's my hope. It's yeah. my fan's yeah. hope. So, so we'll see. We'll see as we go along. Right. I totally agree with you that I do feel like there, and I, I'm starting to see every all these different locations are all have some way of connecting them together. And yeah. like, I guess the next thing that happens is New York. But it's inter- I mean, we can get into New York in yeah. a second. But before yeah. we get to New York, because you already brought up Ben and Jerry, I, Ben is in his office and he still seems like he's running the hotel. And he talks to his assistant, his Be- new assistant, Beverly, there. who is played by Ashley Judd, right? Who is? Yeah. I was like, that's Ashley Judd. Yes. And you know how we right. saw those IMDb one episode things? Yes. Those could be right. <laughs> like, uh, are we gonna see Beverly ever again? I don't know. I don't know. It was a walk-on, a cameo by Ashley right. Judd. Wait, so, so Ben mentions that there was some, somebody who's upset about a skunk, but they're from New York, and uh-huh. I was like, "Oh, they're yes. from New York, yeah. and we have uh, some, yes. uh, yeah, we have something going on in New York." So, are they somehow connected to this whole thing? And yes. I, I want to think maybe they are. And uh, yeah, and do you want to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, keep going. No, okay. Well, I mean, I might change well, no, it. No, I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> well, just to bring up Jerry, Jerry comes in. He's, he's uh, He looks like a hippie. He's a hippie. Selling drugs or yeah. weed Legally, or something. Legally, though, it's illegal in Washington. Yeah, legal. But the great thing is, is he says about like, hey, there's the, is that the new girl? And clearly it's a reference almost like to the, to the original series uh-huh. and about yeah. going to One-Eyed Jack's, the new girl. And, and he's, he's oh, you, you don't call them girls anymore. They call them women. And it's like, oh, are you banging her, Ben? And Ben's like, right. respect. respect. Yeah. It's like, whoa. It's like, I, I almost want to believe this is like a nod from Frost and Lynch to say, hey, we have innuendos in our original series. And yeah, that th- like – there's another scene. I don't think I don't even think it's in either one of these parts. But there's another scene too where characters are talking about how do we treat women and stuff like that. And I think in some ways, like, hey, we are who we are, but we also want to respect women and stuff. They're trying to have that's a, a I, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Because the original series was a little, you know, what were you gonna say, John? I was just gonna say, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I mean obviously we've only seen a tiny part of it, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if there's a if there's a different philosophy or approach, uh, you know, to some of these themes as we go along, but yeah, that was very striking. A couple of things, just, you know, Jerry saying new girl, uh, that was obviously a quick callback to, uh, to what we'd seen before mm-hmm. of them. Uh, and I thought that scene was also quite funny. I mean, that was a great, mm-hmm. it, it was as if those characters, you could tell that they, you know, they, They've been 25 years of continuing this, <laughs> this sort of, you know, yeah. banter and, and right. uh, uh, you know, sort of uh, um, insulting each other mildly back yeah. and forth. So uh, uh, that was that was really neat. And, and and they're still talking about food. You know, we had back in the day the, um, <laughs> yes, the, the smoked smoke or bread uh, or the smoked pig. Yeah. And so now we have Jerry who's eating 
his whatever his uh, his drug it's banana bread. Banana, I think. You're right. It's banana yeah. bread. Yeah, yeah. But you know. Ben is upset. He's like, oh, you're eating your profit and stuff. And he's like, <laughs> I, I make so much more money than, than the hotel. But it's funny that they're, they're yeah. arg- in some ways they're arguing over this food right. that really has other meaning right. involved. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. I mean, it's right. really good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe we should step back to New York. So at one point, I think this is the first time in uh, Twin Peaks history that we've ever seen them really leave the wilderness. I mean, we're always kind of in this yeah, kind of north. Yeah, th- that was striking uh, for me. I'm like... We're in the city? Now, I mean, what do you think, John, when you saw that on the big screen? Like, you saw the city tops? You're like, Yeah, you know, I, 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 will, I, will just, I will just say, yes, it, it, was, it, it was startling to see the, um, the skyline, uh, that slow-moving mm. camera across, you know, New York at night. Uh, but I will say, you know, let's not forget, Firewalk With Me did jump around. We had the characters in Philadelphia, even oh, though yeah, we sure, didn't see a lot of exteriors. So, yeah. uh, uh, you know... Uh, there was there was some, and, and even in the series, although we didn't see it, you had the idea that, that Gordon Cole was moving around the country. Mm. He had you know he had places to go and things That's to true. do. Mm-hmm. So um, so but uh, if you want to talk about New York, I mean, uh, and and the glass box, I don't know. Yeah, let's get to that. To yeah, let's just get to the that. glass box. Yeah, yeah. we can, I yeah. think we can cover the whole um, thing. And yeah, we yeah. can cover everything about the glass box now if we want. Um, uh, the, the glass box. You know, particularly on the second viewing, I really, really loved that because we saw what really struck me about it. um, There's so much in there, but was all the technology, Mm. was all the high tech uh, that the camera almost lovingly pans across the Mm. wires and the and the the equipment in one sequence. And you, you can tell that it's not. I mean, it's Lynchian, but it's also it's also futuristic. Mm. It actually reminded me a little bit of Dune, hmm. when you have you know the Guild Navigator come in and that big you know chamber that they bring in, um, and it had a science. It had like a real science fiction feel to it, as opposed to the horror supernatural elements that we're used to in Twin Peaks. This was this was you know. Somebody out there is applying technology mm. to try to uh, uh, interfere with or connect with this um, supernatural element mm. of Twin Peaks. And I, I mean, I know we've had electricity mm. in the, the, the mythology of Twin Peaks in the past, but this is the first time we've seen this this sort of um, overlap of technology and supernatural. Mm. And I thought it was just, again, I, I suppose you could argue, go back to the original series and the idea that the government and Project Blue Book was that, you know, they, they did talk about turning the monitors toward the woods of Twin Peaks. So mm. there was this, yeah. there, there was this introduction to the idea that the technology was trying to, um, you know, be used to understand these bizarre forces, and I think we're seeing that manifested even more. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it just it was um, it was thrilling to see mm. that that element added to the narrative. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting to me that uh, both in Twin Peaks and I would even say maybe South Dakota, I feel it's almost the opposite. Like both of them had like they still had wired phones. Like you see in, in the sheriff's station, they were still had these <laughs> corded phones. Yeah, and even South Dakota, the woman that with her dog in the hallway, she had a corded phone. And it's like what? What century are we yeah. in? <laughs> and and, and um, yeah. one of the guys working for Mr. C 
Or no, oh no! In South Dakota, it was the Hank, the groundskeeper guy, or he was yeah, looking for Chip. Yeah. He he's on his cell phone and it's gigantic. Well, I was thinking that was just a big. Yes. I was thinking it was just a big phone. Like, it was a gigantic like iPhone, a, yeah. but it was like monstrous, <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. I, uh, I, I noticed, funny. I uh, Brian, I noticed that too. And the second time I tried to pay close attention to it, you know, the phone did seem very big, and I wondered if it was just one of those iPhone. Sixes that yeah. I, you know, I don't see very often. It's very big, or whether Lynch was like, you know, let, let's make it bigger. Right. Yeah, that's so, awesome. um, the jitterbug. Uh, it was like a jitterbug me. iPhone yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so back in New York, uh, there's a guy. His whole job is just to watch this glass box, and they've got cameras on it, and yeah. he's got to change the SD cards on the camera when they run out. I'm assuming. Out, yeah. But my other thought was a theory was. Does the okay? He has to change the memory card. I got that the second time. The first time I watched it, I was like, "Is the camera getting something?" And that's beyond seeing. Hmm. And hmm. it's telling him, um, it, it's telling him it got something to get that memory card out of there. But then he made the point to say, "The person before me saw something. He doesn't work here anymore." Right. So then I was like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe it's a memory card just filling up, yep. and he's got to change it. So right. I had a theory that maybe is it something beyond the human eye that yeah. it's catching? I don't know. I don't and know. why would you keep bl- these memory cards that would essentially could have literally nothing on it? Right. Are, are you they... want to make sure you get that moment that, yeah. that whatever is going to be in this box Yeah, shows maybe up you maybe you can't see with the naked eye, but maybe the electronics that's right. all hooked up to could actually see something. Yeah, I don't know. So you know, I mean, that gets that gets back to the science fiction element of it too. We don't know what those cameras were capable of. Were they just simply recording, you know, what we see with our naked eye, or like you say, were they recording on different frequency? You know, was it yeah. infrared? Was it you know, was it scanning it in a different way? Mm. Uh, yeah, we we don't know yet. Uh, so quite possibly, it was. It was picking up some stuff that uh, we just couldn't detect. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, and I think it's the same episode we do. Is it part one that we actually do get the yes. end result? Of? So maybe yeah, we do. It. We do get that person with no head, with no with a hole in the head, which looked like. Like, uh, it was no, a no, naked no. woman. Are you talking about the naked woman? No, 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 no. no, no, no we're no. not getting off talk. I, I wanted to finish. Can we finish up the Sh- black? I mean, it's the the. Now we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to edit this. That's edit fine. this, Brian. Right. <laughs> I think we can resolve this whole glass box thing. So we, there's a woman, Tracy, who wants to visit him. She can't. Yep. She can't get in. Eventually, she does get right. in, and they make out. Mm-hmm. And which right. always leads to murder. <laughs> always leads to murder. Right. And then right. all of a sudden, there's this this creature, this some kind of being that's in the glass box. It was a naked woman. Right. What? Was, yeah, it was a naked woman. I, I, I swear to God, yeah, it was a naked it's woman. A, yes. Yeah, it does seem to be uh, wow. a female form. I didn't yeah. even pick that up. I mean, like, I saw yeah. a naked woman with a hole in her head, and it reminded yeah. me wow, of the this. hole in the head that we see later on with the, the librarian's head cut off. And We see it a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. and then also Mr. Yeah. C's gun, when he, you know, when he shoots the girl underneath the pillow, it puts a, a hole right through her head. But the hole in the head was interesting because I was like, "That's weird." Mm. Like, it. I, the reason I know, I mean, on the TV you could see she has boobs. 
So I was like, that's a Man, naked I, woman. Somehow, yeah. That must be when I fell asleep. Yeah, it's a naked really, woman. Okay. I'm like, what is, who is wow. that? And like, I'm, I'm like trying to make out the face. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I know yeah. it's a female, but who is it? You know? Okay. And then I'm like, oh, there's a hole in the head. You literally right. can't see. And so see. it's, uh, she smashes the the glass box and is in basically mauls yeah. uh, Sam and Tracy there. Yeah. And just, yeah. So it's. Mm-hmm. That so, was crazy. Right. And it's also yeah. interesting that there was like, when Tracy comes to visit again, there's no guards. There's no, nobody. Like what happened to. I was really kind of I'm uh, the guard. Did she there, somehow make the guard disappear? There, there's a lot of mystery still, I think, to be addressed there because mm. <clears throat> we get the um, we get the implication in the first sequence that Tracy might not just be a friendly mm. visitor; that she is there to get into that room somehow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she 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 kind of looks over his shoulder when he's typing in the numbers. He acknowledges that he goes, "Tracy, you're a bad girl," <laughs> you know, and yeah. and she you know she kind of laughs it off. But then she's back again, uh, and the guard is gone. And that's never explained, but it, mm. it, it's significant. Yeah. And, of course, she gets in at that point. And uh, so you wonder if she was somehow responsible for taking out that guard yeah. or, or whomever is, whoever is, you know, uh, she, whatever group she's part of, potentially. And, yeah, she gets in there. And, you know, so it's not until she gets in there that that thing manifests itself. But we should remember that because of the way it, it looped and the way we, we jump ahead later mm. and see Cooper in that box. Yep, right. Uh, yeah. Cooper, is, Cooper is in that box before the creature manifests itself. Wow. Um, yeah. He's yeah. in that box when, when the guy goes out, I guess his name is Sam, he goes out and is curious and checking the bathroom and you know he's out there for a while. And in those moments that he's away from the room, Cooper appears, hmm. disappears again. Then they come in and sit down and look at the box. So they've missed this very significant um, uh, you know, manifestation of Cooper, right. which we assume is on the, cam- uh, is on the cameras. Yeah, right. Uh, unless, of course, again, we don't know if that creature, when it came out, whether it destroyed all the equipment, too, and erased everything. Mm. So uh, we, we don't know uh, that at this point, and but again, Cooper, uh, and I wonder if that, I wonder if that's the case. I wonder if because Cooper was visible in the box, mm. this thing came to, to yeah. try to try to you know keep people from knowing that. Right. Um, or chasing Cooper, or maybe cha- right could be chasing Cooper. Oh, too. Yeah. yeah, sure. And so yeah. it does make me wonder: is like everything we're seeing is this linear, or are we? Is it future or is it past? Like I mean, it's hard to tell. That's what right. the giant Every, says. Is no, this, this is one one armed man. Oh, says the, this. Um, yeah, you're right. He's, he says, when he, he at one point he will say it a few times to Cooper. But I keep yeah. wondering. I'm watching this stuff. It's like, are we in the right order? Some things seem very linear. I mean, there's definitely with Mr. C, Evil Cooper yep. seems very linear. Other times, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I totally agree with that, Ben. I feel because, like you say, John, we loop back it gives us like it, it brings right. us from the the future and then rewinds time yeah, a little bit i think it's very important that uh lynch clearly establishes that cooper appeared before uh, the mm. other thing did and right. i yeah, think that's yeah. meaningful in that they missed it and you know so there's this box right in the box the implication is a box is there to to either trap or capture or 
um, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. That right. it, that's what a box like that would yeah. do. And yet this creature um, seems to have no – well, it's, it's very little difficulty just smashing its way out. Yeah. So I wonder if the box was – had was you know, the box was probably not intended for a creature of like that, of that mm. power. Yeah. It may very well have been intended for Cooper. And, uh, you know, the guy yeah. happened to just leave the room at the exact wrong moment. Or did Tracy know? Did Tracy know that that, that would happen at that moment? And mm. she, you know, was able to get him out. She mm-hmm. always seems to come at the same time every night yeah, with, right. you know, with... and. And isn't it interesting, those marks on the coffee cups? They look like Z's or yes. Z's. I was trying to figure out seven Z's. It, it, right. and no, nothing is accidental. Mm. Nothing is just, you know, uh, we, oh, whoops, we put a Z on. <laughs> it probably means something. I agree. So and uh, she wor- I think she worked for a coffee company, I mean a coffee shop, because I think she got it for free. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. And yeah. how conveniently she was, like, ready you know, she's like, let's, yeah, we'll make out, and totally gets naked. It was like too, it was sure. too convenient. Like, <laughs> I can be a distraction yeah. for something. Yes. Um. Also. Right. Oh, sure. I think. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, the the bonsai tree. We gotta talk about the bonsai tree. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. like Wyndham Earl, but you know. <laughs> I don't think Wyndham Earl's coming back. You're right. You're right. I agree. The Wyndham Earl's not coming back, but I I I, I just, might have just been. An acknowledgement of the old show. Yeah, I thought it was like a good nod, and for people who know, you're like, that's kind of cool. But a part of me almost felt like um, someone who's. Do you guys want to go into who's running this? This no, let's let's you want to keep going. Let's keep going. So talking about the old show, we are at the uh, sheriff station. We have Lucy sitting at the desk. Yes. And here's the thing: first, is that they they show a nameplate, and it does say Lucy Brennan. So uh, she's, yes, she's she, clearly married to Andy, yeah, which makes yeah. perfect sense. Yeah, but it's yeah, always yeah. Nice, a nice little touch. Yeah. And then we have a guy come in, an insurance salesman. Now, was he from the original series at all? No, like I don't he think seems so. no, I don't think familiar. So. I don't right. know. I thought it was funny. What did you think of that, John? <laughs> the whole uh, insurance salesman asking for uh, Sheriff Truman. Uh, Truman. You know what? It seemed absolutely natural to mm. me. If you recall, in like uh, I think it's either the second season premiere or the. Or the episode that follows, Lucy gets a phone call, mm. and um, we never ever understood what that phone call was. Yeah. You know, uh, I forget. She gets a phone call, and she and she's asking for his name, and he won't she, give his name. Yeah. Yeah, and she's yeah, and she you know you could you could I suppose you could speculate that it was Windermere or you know you could go on trying yeah. to figure out who it was, but. But it's never explained, right. and so I thought it was almost like a callback to that the, yeah, the insurance agent it. comes in, and he's just sort of there's sort of this, you know, miscommunication. They, they're not really able to to you know get on the same wavelength. Yeah, and then he just leaves. I think I, I think probably the most significant reason for that scene is it establishes that there are two Sheriff Truman. Yes, yeah. so right. that we know. That one is in the hospital and one is fishing. Yes. And so, uh, so we know we're going to see another sheriff Truman at some mm. point, and uh, and then you know it, it's not necessarily a, a recasting. Mm. It's it's a, right. there's two sheriff Trumans. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So and John, have I shared? I think I'm sure I've shared with you, but that 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 whole stranger from the original series calling Lucy. 
that same week was when they did the uh, the sheriff hotline that came out, which was which yeah. would interrupt <clears throat> Lucy and Andy and kind of take over to give you messages about the show or something like that. But I kept on thinking That's maybe right. it, was, it was a product placement or something. I kind of like say, okay, you have the show where there's this <laughs> weird stranger calling, and then all of a sudden we have if you yeah. call the number, you get to talk right. to the stranger. Maybe it wasn't, but I always thought it could have been a product placement. No, you know that that's an excellent that's an excellent point, Ben. I mean, they obviously were trying to. Uh, you know, use the technology of the time uh, mm. back then. How do we get recaps? And the only way was to call in on this hotline yeah, to find something. out what had happened. And, and, you know, the premise was that there was a mysterious voice. Yes. Uh, there mm-hmm. was some unknown being uh, or, or character uh, getting into the phone line. So it could very well have been that. But who knows? Um, you know, who knows? Yeah, and, that, and then just one other thing about the two sheriffs. It also made me think of the pilot where Lucy was talking about the two phones. She's like, hey, you know, yep. sheriff, yeah. there's the <laughs> brown phone and the red phone or something like that. And it's like, don't use right. the one that's there. Use this one. And it's just typical Lucy, classic Lucy. Where it's, oh, yeah. it's classic she's, Lucy. She gets so confused by things. And she was even confused talking to the yeah. insurance salesman. It's like, um... You gotta yeah. tell me which Truman. <laughs> and, like, the and he's just like, like yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I, I think I noticed Great. she had an owl necklace on. It looked oh, like, I didn't notice. I don't know. I was watching oh, it again. I, I didn't catch that. I think there was. We saw, I yeah. did see the, the picture behind her with her son. Yeah. So yeah. We, yeah, so we, yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah, a nice yeah, Christmas yeah. Uh, <laughs> picture. So we get into uh, Evil Ms. Cooper. Mr. C. Right. He's. Uh, we see, like, we're going down a road, and it's the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mud- the Money Mongolias. Yeah. Um, the American Girl remix. Which is, okay, so I watch the show with the uh, closed captioning on, which I, adv- I I honestly recommend you watch the show with closed captioning. Um, because sometimes things are said very low and you can't see it, but lyrics, lyrics mm. always matter. Mm. With Especially with his work, uh, I think lyrics matter. So this, I didn't even know it was American Girl. I'm reading the lyrics, and it's actually the song just slow. Uh, David Lynch slowed it down, <laughs> um, just slowed the hell of it down, and it sounds so good. Yeah, and I listen to evil. <laughs> I listen to the original, and I'm like, it's just not as good. I gotta listen to the slowed down version now, and the so, lyrics are oh, so go ahead. good. Keep going. No, the lyrics match yeah. the mood, and it's like, yes, oh, amazing. It's so, so good. So Brian. The- the song is American Girl, that's the song title, yes. correct? Yes, yep. Uh, okay, that is fascinating, and I, I don't want to, I'm just going to say that there is a character in an upcoming part, I know you haven't got there, and I'm not ruining anything for you, who yeah. is simply titled in the credits as American Girl. Hmm. So that's I, very interesting. Suddenly I'm making, for the first time, I'm making that connection, and I'm wondering if, if there's any significance or if it's just simply Lynch, you know, uh, echoing these ideas throughout that's interesting that's very interesting yeah. in with closed captioning when a song comes on the closed caption actually gives you the artist in the song hmm. when the song starts ah. and i think that's kind of cool, cool little that's easter nice. egg to that's see nice. yeah so very very good evil yeah. cooper mr c goes to this house and he's basically tr- he wants these people uh ray and daria yeah but, yeah. but it's, a, it's, it's a very Lynchian move too. Like a strange woman oh. here, <laughs> which Brian was calling Donna. I was, I was like the new Donna. I joked on Twitter and said, "Could that be the new Donna?" Oh. Simply a joke. Um, but um, and we, I, uh, you know, we love Donna and all her oh, yeah. iterations. Um, and 
But, you know, when, when you guys first saw Evil Cooper coming in with that long hair, mm. I was just like, oh, my God, this is just... <laughs> This is what I've always wanted to see now is this Kyle McLaughlin nail the evil side. Yeah. He's nailed the goody two shoes. Yeah. Can he right. nail the evil side? And I have to say, after right. watching these two episodes, he did. Yeah. Like, he was I amazing. want more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're in, you're in for yeah. a treat in the next few episodes. Oh, I know I am. I know I am. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was, I, feel like, I feel like there was a little bit of Bob in him. Like, you know, you have Bob with the long hair. And I felt like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, right. he really did deliver. Um, he did deliver. Yeah. I, I'm like, is it going to be hammy? or? But it, it, he played it so straight and so badass that I was just like, as much as I, you know, you love Goody, good Cooper. And you're like, oh, he's he's wonderful. We love him. It's like the evil guy you root for almost a little bit. You're like you want to see more of him on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That whole scene too uh, is, is fascinating because uh, he's there to pick up these two people who uh, who apparently are going to be able to help him in a way that he can't really uh, you know get some information himself. They they are the key to, to getting something, and so um, he he comes by to get them in this strange room with these people typical lynch right how many yeah. how many times have we been we've been in a room and there's people <laughs> sitting in the room yes, yes. and they're just sitting yeah, they're just sitting off in the distance the off the nothing. corner and they're staring and they're not saying anything um but even stranger and, and whether it's significant or not um when ray and daria who are the two people uh, the Mr. C. Bad Cooper has come to get, mm. they have to go and and make sure they they either say goodbye or they acknowledge these two mm. uh, odd uh, beings, uh, for lack of a better term. And and I, I think I could be wrong. Doesn't Ray hand them a card? Doesn't both of them do. Them? Both of them. Both both. They, they both of them as if as if they're checking out. You know, mm, like okay, yeah. here's here's our time punch card or whatever and and they give those there's a there's a there's a procedure they're going through mm. there uh you know and then they and then they leave they, they can't yeah. just walk around and go out they have to go through this um process right before they can leave and so. there are white cards and, and there's a white card that comes up later on again that i can't i don't know if they're one yeah. of the same or not but it was interesting to see the card cooper had the right. cooper had it was the ace Right. Or, and it had the weird symbol on it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they were the same, but it was interesting. Yeah, very weird. Yeah. I want to know what that symbol means. So we are fine. Yeah, we- yeah, who knows? Yeah, South Dakota. Go ahead. We're now in South Dakota, and we and there's a woman with a dog, and she smells the neighbor's door, and it smells rotten, and she calls the police, but doesn't even remember her own address. <laughs> But to me, this is like this right. whole thing. There's a whole storyline with the police and stuff. And like to me, this feels very Mulholland Drive to me. Even at some point, we have a detective who played in Mulholland Drive there that is investigating right. this. Yeah, I felt Fargo-ish. I felt like this is very Fargo-ish yeah. to me. Maybe after watching last season's Fargo, that's where, with Matthew Lillard's character <laughs> well, I and mean, everything. It, 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 it was actually North Dakota, and yeah. they had that, mm. you know, accent. So I thought the same thing, you know, that it, it resembled Fargo in its quirky, you know, 
Fargo way. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's some funny, odd stuff about where's the key and who do we have to go see to get the key? Uh, like, you gotta go to Chip. Who's <laughs> Chip? <laughs> and who's then, Barney? Who's I mean, there's so many different characters. But, but then she's like, I have the key because I have to pl- water the plants when she's right. away. Yeah. I, was, I was like, oh, man. That so poor the police lady. Finally get- I, I gotta ask you, did, did you, when, when, uh, when the, the police are at the door and the, and the woman is standing there and she says, well, we need to get Hank. I yeah. don't know what. The I first thought of time Hank. I heard that, I was like, Hank. Yes. You know, I know Hank he's not in it, but <laughs> Hank Jennings. Yeah. But it was a different Hank. Uh, I did think the same thing. I'm like, <clears throat> we're going to see what Hank's doing. Uh, I made a note of that. <laughs> in, in the secret history of Twin Peaks, uh, he's dead or he kills yeah. himself. Or something. He's dead. So it's like, yeah, is this going to be... More of it, but yeah, yeah, no, no, different, Hank. different Hank, different Hank. So they get the police get into the room, uh, into the uh, Ruth's uh, apartment area, and they find a dead body, or really, they find two dead bodies. The woman's head, the li- right. the librarian's head, yes. attached to a man's body, mm. um, right. and then fingerprints <clears throat> of Matthew Lillard's character. Right. Uh, I can't think of his name. Um, Hastings, uh, Bill. Yep. Bill, yeah, Bill, Bill William Bill yeah. Hastings. And yeah. He's a principal. He's, he's just, a principal. And everybody's like, he was my high school principal. So he's, he's been, a nice guy. He's <laughs> been fishing with him. Yeah, yeah. So part two is the stars turn and a time presents itself. I, I think I think that's really significant. Uh, I think the uh, you know I know we're, we're going to get I forget when we get the, the phrase the stars turn and a time presents itself, but. Um, uh, and that may be part two, but yeah, well, you know, it's all together. I think yeah. the input, and, and and of course the the log is significant because the log and the log lady are in tune to forces that none of us can you know contact or access. And um, the the implication you also hear from Laura at, at a certain point where she says yeah, to Cooper, "You can leave now." Mm. Um, and then we also know from the bad Cooper that uh, you know there's a certain point in time coming up in which he has to go back in mm-hmm. and so i think the idea is and you get it goes all the way back to the second season when you know cooper's looking at the petroglyph and he's he's saying you know that the alignment of the planet mm, and a yes. certain point in time is going to allow for uh you know for access mm. and so the idea that the stars turn is sort of like you know the zodiac Everything's lining up again, yeah. yep. uh, and this moment is coming again in which access in and out is going to be available. Of course, the log lady would would know something about that. Of course, I guess in her first appearance, it's more about contacting Hawk and mm. saying, you need to get back into this investigation. There's something missing. Mm. It has to do with your heritage. Mm. And, um, and so all those clues are wonderful, but then... The scene itself is wonderful, both seeing Catherine Coulson, uh, you know, near the end of her life and uh, giving this heart-wrenching performance as the log lady and the respect and patience and reverence that you get from Hawk when yeah. he picks her up. He does not in any way question her. Mm. He doesn't consider her to be some someone, you know, perhaps, you know, kind of crazy he he's fully engaged with her and he he weighs what she says uh as with great importance and i thought the way that was handled was beautiful and it really was and hawk does see the the circle and he sees the red curtain 
Yeah. And which was really yeah. interesting to me that that appeared to him, to Hawk. Did it? Yeah. I mean, he looked and you could Uh-oh. see the the red cur- the curtain appears and he sees a circle because he's out. Catherine calls him, the log lady calls him one more time when he's out in the woods. Right. And he finds part it. Two yeah. That, yeah, yeah, part two. And he finds, and I, I someone on Reddit, um, on the Twin Peaks community found a quote from season two, episode nine, where Cooper says mm-hmm. to Hawk, Hawk, if I ever get mm-hmm. lost, I hope you're the man they send to find me. Mm-hmm. And I right. think that's yeah. so cool that um, they brought that back. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't know exactly what Hawk encountered out there other than the curtains. He sees them. Uh, he's deliberately going out there, mm-hmm. but nothing comes of that. Uh, we don't know mm. when we see Hawk again later, and we don't know, did he get something? Um, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but, but anyway. No, we're still in the that's episode left, one and two. Okay, that's left, that's, left, that's left hanging. You know, yeah. what? Yeah. Did anything else come of Hawk's visit to Glastonbury Grove? Did he just merely observe the 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 curtains and know that you know maybe there's this conjunction now happening, or did he did he come away with something else? I, I don't think he did. I guess it was just simply he's aware that these forces are now in play again. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if it was the future because it was interesting that he said he thought something was going to happen that night. Like, he, he had a feeling something was going to happen yeah. that night. He yeah. goes out there, and then, right, the next scene we have, he's back with Lucy and Andy, and they want to look at files. Yeah. And he says, okay, tomorrow, right. lay all this out. I'll bring the coffee and the donuts. donuts. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's like, right. did nothing happen of that, you know, going out there to Glastonbury Grove? I think he knows. I something He knows something's up. I think it's just that he's in tune to the fact that the forces are in play again. That's how I take it now. That Hawk knows that there are, there are things moving about in the real and surreal world. And so he's not gonna, uh, he's not gonna let this go. Mm. This is important to continue researching. And, you know, talking about Hawk, his title is Deputy Chief, like Chief of Police. Mm -hmm. But, of course, I think of Chief as a Native American chief. So it's kind of interesting Mm. that he's like – it's like dual Mm. meanings. Like you could be Uh, the police chief and you could also be – Deputy Chief. uh, The uh, American (laughs) – Native American American chief. chief. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. And so by the end of – actually, the episode basically ends with arresting him and they bring him to jail and – you wouldn't know. It depends on how you watch this. Do you watch it two hours straight, or did you watch it in parts? If you watched it in parts, you basically get to him where he's gone to jail. Yeah. And it's interesting I, that if you watch it as one part, it then goes to the the giant and the, his little record, his little sound yeah. thing, and there's credits that go over that. And it's like, oh, I mean, right. we, we don't get that. I didn't ch- know that existed because I right. watched that one gigantic yeah. chunk the first time. And it's not time. a big yeah. deal, but it's still, it's like, oh, it's a different, in a way, yeah. it's a different ending. ending. It's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, and so it, it felt a little bit lost highway to me that he's like his head head is down in jail and like, especially because he's he talks about that like he had a dream of being with right. this woman and then he also there seems to be some missing time possibly like he's being in, interrogated by the police and he's like okay give me a time frame it's like oh I left at nine thirty I think it was ten twenty right. by the time I got home it's like does it usually take you that long to get home and then it's like <laughs> oh I think I brought Betty home or something but it seemed like yeah. he didn't he realized like this is off yeah he was confused yeah 
I will say that that was a, a marvelous performance by Matthew Lillard. I mm. thought he did such a great job because I've watched it twice now, and you, you don't quite know, is he truly innocent? Because mm. there's, there's an indication that he might be. But then he realizes he can't account for some time, and so is he, is he saying, oh, you know, that he, he, he knows quite well what he did in that time. He went and he killed her. Or is he thinking, uh-oh, I can't remember. Mm. And, and, you know, he, <clears throat> you can't really tell, yes. but he conveys that so well. You can't tell. Is he, is he innocent? Is he guilty? Is right. he scared? Oh, he's obviously scared. Yeah. But is he scared because something's happening that he can't figure out? Mm. So it was, it was very, very well done. And um, uh, I, I thought that performance... Um, was riveting actually it was really good oh yeah yeah oh it's so good and then his wife comes in and she basically says she knows he's been cheating all along but what we later learn is she seems to be maybe maybe she might have plotted this whole thing to yes yes mm-hmm. so like is she just saying that to pin it on him saying did he really cheat or is she just saying that to then frame him yeah and then he knows that she's been cheating on George who is his lawyer, lawyer. And, <laughs> and and someone else who to me that someone else could be Mr. C, C because she, she goes back home and Mr. C's waiting there and he she goes what are you doing here like she knows right. who right. the evil Cooper is who he is yeah. And Cooper, right. yeah, Evil Cooper's got George's gun and sh- shoots her. Again, there's this theme of trauma to your head, to the, which was very... Oh, sure. Happened in that last episode, yeah. episode 29, where it seems like smash, everybody's head is getting smashed or uh, blown up. Question, uh, John and Ben, did you guys notice when he shoots her in the head that the screen freaks out? Yeah, there was a jump. Yes. I thought it was just a technique. It's perfect. Yeah, it was good. It's a tech. No, it's a, it's a, it's a deliberate uh, no, visual... It- Technique that Lynch is is using to convey mm. that violent, uh, mm. uh, you know, impact. I thought, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was, you know, yeah, again, too. Lynch experimenting and and working with the medium of film in a way that we don't see anyone else, anyone else do. I mean, he mm. he's still able to introduce these new ways of of visually conveying uh, information, and I I you know just marvel at how great he is as a director. Yeah, I didn't know because when I saw that, I was like, "Is that like a time?" I, it was weird, and it was I thought it was interesting. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, did it convey something with that's meaningful or just being just doing something when she gets? I mean, the whole screen. The I think frame it was moves. Jagged. I think I think we're supposed to kind of jump or react to it. I but mm. but you're, I was thinking like time. Is there time some shift or time yeah. shift? Is there something there? Is it more meaningful or was it just a cool? thing i i don't know right yeah and we go to a new location las vegas and yes. it's a very brief scene where there's a guy is giving money and to this other guy and this other guy say why do you work for this guy and, it's, and it was todd mr todd mr todd but there's a whole thing like uh uh tell her she has the job and to me it reminded me again of Mulholland driver like that is the girl it's like she mm-hmm. had, i don't know but we don't know the context of it it's very brief i was thinking mr todd is giving someone the job to take over that guy who was watching the cube since he's dead. I was thinking maybe because I feel like this person's working for the person hmm. that is uh, with the cube. Yeah. Um, my indication was th- they're giving them saying she's got the job, so this person's going to be the new person to watch the cube. I don't know. It's, That's I, all I, I got out of that. Information. Yeah. Not enough information I don't know. On. And I was just like. 
every time Mr. Todd, the way he speaks and everything, yeah, it was Mulholland Drive. I had, <laughs> I, I wanted to have a big speech because yeah. I just the way he delivers lines, I just love it. Right. Yeah. And that guy was he was in Mahalo Drive, right? Yeah. Right? He yeah, was the yeah. guy. He was in the diner. Yeah, yeah. Wally's. He's like Wally's well, as in the son of uh, <laughs> yes. Lucy and uh, Andy. You know, he, he had yeah. the dream. Actor was actor was at the premiere. He was right there out in the lobby when I was out there and I kicking myself now for not have chatting with him because he's such a striking he's got stri- such a striking look yeah. and he's yeah. played these characters now. Certainly significant in Mulholland Drive, and then and now in, in Twin Peaks. So um, I would love to uh, have heard some of his, his comments about oh, yeah. the the work with Lynch. But uh, yeah, that scene was you know that scene was just one of those planted scenes that right. you know we're going to get back to that later on. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then we go to the diner with Ray, Jack, Daria, and Mr. C, and they're all hanging out. And Ray seems to be instigating uh, Evil Cooper there. <laughs> he seems to like pushing his buttons. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. Daria tells me that you get you're worried about something tomorrow or the next day. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Evil Cooper is like, I'm not worried about anything. But he mm-hmm. seems right. like he is. And I yeah. think I think we'll learn yeah. in this episode that uh, it's because of the Black Lodge, right? I mean, yeah, he's he, got, he's, he needs coordinate. He yeah. needs coordinates of some sort. Or he's and... afraid that he's going to have to be. He's forced to go, go back, and yeah. he doesn't want to go back. Yeah. There's a there's a whole fascinating uh, plot line that's being conveyed primarily through dialogue hmm. here um, of all these conspiracies and 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 plans and plots. So you've got and I might jump ahead a little here just in the episode, not yeah. beyond it. But so you've got Ray and Daria. They he they, you know the the um, the bad Cooper quote wants something. He doesn't mm, need anything. He right. wants something. Yeah, and they can get it for him, but. That, is the only one that whomever this woman is, or She's the secretary a... to someone else, uh, will, will give this information to Daria, but no one else, or only her, I think, is that, that stated. Yes. And then we find out later that maybe Daria and Ray have been working and they've been paid to set the bad Cooper up and kill him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but they may have gotten the information, too, that he wanted, so we're not quite sure. Ray is supposedly been put in jail, but the bad Cooper suspects that. He thinks that that's either a lie or another part of the setup. Hmm. Uh, and then we get, um, we get a little, uh, we get a quick little bit of information about the car that the bad Cooper was hmm. putting in the garage. It was Jack. Apparently yeah. it, was, it was being wired and I don't know if it's being wired to blow up or wired for sound so that they can record something. Hmm. But I got the impression that that was part of this, you know, again, complicated scheme right. that's being laid out. But then we hear the recorded conversation between Daria and Ray in which they, you know, they're setting up uh, the bad Cooper. And I'm sorry if I'm really jumping into this now, but they mentioned Philip Jeffries. Yeah. Then we get into <laughs> that part of it. And so there is so much packed in mm. to their dialogue, which we don't, we don't see these things happening. We don't right. see the car being wired. We don't see Ray getting arrested. We don't see the numbers being conveyed to Daria. Mm. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't, we only hear it and we got to put it together. Right. You know, you yep. really got to write it down. <laughs> there are so many things, parts moving under the surface there yeah. that, um, it's clear that, that 
we're only at that tip of the iceberg on this storyline. Yeah. Totally. I agree. It definitely could go on for a few more episodes at least. And uh, that secretary thing is Hastings, the principal Hastings yes. secretary. I believe I put it together. Oh, is that? They, yeah. Because he really? says Hastings. Really? Oh, he good. goes Hastings. Yeah. yeah. He says Hastings. So I, I put it together that it was the principal. And if, if Ray. Nice. I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, I think it was only in my second. Uh, it took me a second time because, yeah. you know, by the time you hear Hastings again, right. you're in the middle of the second episode yeah. and I'm like, who's Hastings? And then when my second viewing, right. the principal, oh, it's the principal. Right. And uh, Ray uh. Is, goes into federal prison in South Dakota, so I'm thinking yes. that he's probably in that area uh-huh. trying to do whatever, uh, yeah, I don't know, whatever this mission was. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, it's so great to hear Je- uh, Agent Jeffries to have that character back, because you know we know we lost uh, Bowie, and who knew if they were going to even mention right. this character? So it was it was very intriguing. Yeah. And then there's a whole phone call with uh, Evil Cooper and maybe Agent Jeffries or somebody Someone else. else? Or, yeah, because he goes it's this somebody is somebody else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And so it's somebody trying- else, and yeah. of course, yeah. Well, that that conversation is just thrilling because uh, it is supposedly Jeffries. It's not. Jeffries, he says, you know, you're going back in and I will be with Bob again. Mm. And so we get that reference to Bob. And yeah. then we also get the, the voice say, you met with, you met with Garland Briggs. And yeah. so, yes. you know, yep. these callbacks to, to the old series, we knew Major Briggs was important. Obviously we know that from the Frost book, but even without Frost's book, mm. Major Briggs in the last episode is, is being set up. To, well, I don't mean that in a, in a bad sense. He's, mm. You know, from the narrative point of view, he's going to play, he's supposed to play an important part when Sarah comes, Sarah Palmer comes and says, I'm in the Black Lodge, you know. So so they're referencing back to some of that, or at least acknowledging that. Um, and it's, again, it's packed in there. It I mean, is. right? I mean, there's just so is. much information yeah. that comes across that you need multiple, multiple viewings to start. I feel like this is Mark, this feels like Mark Frost. Like this feels like old school Mark Frost. Yeah. With, with we have Josie and yeah. Ben and, yeah. and all these different characters, and there's some kind of plot going on, and it just yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, liked I it. Uh, Ben, I thought the same thing. I went especially in those scenes where there was so much information. I thought this is Mark Frost. Mm. He's got it all intricately plotted out. The backstory's figured out, right. and it's all scripted out. And Lynch is, uh, you know, well understands. Yeah, this is how the plot moves forward. I mean, we've mm. got to, we got to put these in. And so he, he's, uh, you know, that you know that there is this intricate plot. And this is what we talked about years ago on your show. It's mm. like we got Frost and Lynch back together again, yeah. and Frost steady, steady hand of pushing the plot forward mm. and Lynch taking it and just playing with it and molding it and stretching it. And so it's exactly what we wanted. It, it was is. perfect. Yeah. It is something else. Well, maybe we can dive into all the Red Room stuff. Like, uh, like. Yeah, I have a big question about the Red Room stuff, but I'll, I'll wait till we get there. <laughs> well, we're there now. Yeah. I mean, Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, we know, you know, uh, Laura shows up and they have their kiss um, and and she whispers something just like old times. Yeah, like, it was so cool to see and, that, yeah. and it was really cool. But she, to me, I it perceived that she got sucked out of the red room. I don't know if you guys. Oh yeah, she freaked out and got sucked out, and then you have Leland saying, yeah. "Where'd my daughter go?" Or he didn't say, "Yeah, no." Let's or where did Laura no, go? Fine, fine Laura. Fine, fine yeah, right. fine Laura. But 
I agree with you. She probably went into that uh, glass cube. box there. Yeah, a glass cube. Now, this is far-fetched. That woman with no face, that wasn't Laura. But a part of me was just like... What are you talking about? Well, I mean, Laura gets sucked out, but I, I'm assuming it that person that didn't have a face that attacked oh, the no, young no, couple, no, no. that was someone so else. So if you're going there, I'm going to go this way. John, you had a theory that we... I don't... I think we briefly mentioned it on our uh, prediction show, but you have a theory about Laura Palmer, and I, do you want to talk about her, her, what you thought about for the new series? Uh, gosh, what was my theory? Your Remind theory me. Was, your, your theory was that Laura Palmer was alive. Laura Palmer was alive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I always thought that Laura was going to be a significant presence yeah. uh, and that she could be alive. I think back then, before seeing anything, I thought, well, maybe – you know, they'll start it all over again, and she's still, and she never died or whatever. Right. But yes, but I could, yeah. Laura is alive. She she says, uh, I am dead, but I'm also li- uh, I'm also alive, or I can't remember the right, exact that's it, that's dialogue, but it's that great. Is, I, I live. And, yeah. And I, yeah, and I think, so yes, I think we are on to one of the most important parts of uh, the whole two hours that we've seen. Laura conveys some very important information to Cooper. We can't mm. hear it. She also opens her face and mm. bathes him in a white light, yeah. which I think is absolutely vital. Wow. Then she, seemingly against her will, is is you know, forcibly removed from the Red Room. She mm. is now gone mm. from that realm. And then we see a short while later um, Leland, and it's Leland. It's mm. not Leland's doppelganger because mm. there's no white eyes, and it's not the Leland with the white hair. Mm. It's Leland from Firewalk with Me, Leland. Yeah, uh, or yep. you know, uh, and and so it's he it almost seems to plead with Cooper, find Laura. He mm. gives him that direction, and I think that's you know, absolutely important. That now part of what's going to unfold over the the weeks to come is. Laura is now in the real world, perhaps, mm. and Cooper has to find her right. because she still has such an important role to play mm. somehow yeah. in all of this. And it's the Leland sequence that makes me think back to what I said earlier, is I think there may be some redemption for Leland. I I think mm. that, the, that these characters aren't just there to service the scene. Oh, look, there's Leland. Oh, look, there's, you know... Um, Sarah Palmer, I think these characters are going to um, have something to offer to the overall resolution Mm. to the story. And then perhaps Leland will find peace. Perhaps he will be redeemed in some way for all the bad things he did. Because that's Leland. That's not his doppelganger. Yeah, I agree. Um, And so I I almost saw it as a hopeful Mm. scene. Leland is, Leland's like, I've got a chance to correct the wrong. Mm. And he looks to Cooper and he says, find Laura. Right. Because there's still a chance for things to be made right. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I yeah. thought, wow, yeah. that's great. Just I great agree. stuff. Yeah. 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 My, my hope is, the, my hope is that Cooper gets out of the red room and is somehow able to get back to his old self. And we can have that somewhat yeah. of a happy kind of Cooper that we love, and maybe that is it. He, 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 you know, his his job is now go find Laura and stuff like that. And so he, whatever it takes him, but I would love to, ha- I would love to ha- get Cooper back, like because right now he's kind of, 
just taking it all in. And yeah, he's that, as confused right. as we are. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I want, I want yes, a little Cooper. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. But, yeah, but I, Laura had a purpose. You know, I, I want to believe that we hadn't, Cooper hadn't seen her for 25 years. And yeah. now he sees her again. Yeah. And she basically said, hey, you can leave now. You can get out. You've served your time. Yeah. And then we kind of have uh, the one-armed man who brings it to the new uh, little man from another place, the arm. The evolution right. of the of the arm, and that and that has a message right. of you can only get out if if uh, the right. the evil Dale comes back in. But that's where I get confused right. because he gets out. <clears throat> we don't know that. You're not. What are you talking about? Well, Cooper, the the in, in episode two, the uh, good Cooper gets out. I mean, he lands on the cube. So I assumed he's out okay. in the real world. Well, <laughs> so how does he get out? I think without... we should leave. Yeah, we should leave that for next week. I know, but how well, does you know? Well, you, you know. You know what? No, no. I, I think I think we can still talk about this within just the context of the two episodes. I okay. think. So what you see, real real quick, is you see the arm now in this new form, uh, and he does convey this, or it conveys this um, important information to Cooper, and then Cooper. <clears throat> kind of weaves his way as he will do through the, the <laughs> corridors of the of the red room and uh, and then he encounters the doppelganger yes. of the arm who yeah, we yeah. actually saw in the final episode right and so the doppelganger uh is certainly portrayed and, and conveyed in a in a in an evil way he's, hmm. he's, he's at, there to block cooper and obviously he 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 seems to set in motion these forces. The, the room opens up and almost splits, and he says, non-existent, as if he is trying. And Cooper has this opportunity to get out. Cooper is about maybe to go out and switch places with the evil Cooper, but the, but the doppelganger of the arm prevents that from happening. Hmm. And, and to make sure it can't, he says non-existent, and, and it almost seems to erase Cooper uh, from the Red Room or from the mm. Black Lodge. But in doing so, somehow Cooper is diverted to that box. Yeah. Uh, and I would argue that the last scene we see, at least in part two, is Cooper is still kind of floating, you know, washing through that watery space or whatever it is. And so yeah. he, isn't, he isn't out in the real world yet. Um, and so the doppelganger is, seems to be, uh, you know, a malevolent force mm. to prevent that that good Cooper from getting out. Um, mm. That's how I read it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think there's more to come on that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, John, what is your thing? Do you do you think uh, the arm is still evolving, or is that at the final state that it's going to be at? Oh, good, excellent question. I don't know. It would be very interesting to see uh, if we we see it in some sort of different form, mm. you know, somewhere down the line. Uh, yeah. It, it did seem to be almost in some sort of uh, pupa stage, yeah. it might it might open up and and shed part of it and, mm. and turn into something else. Uh, I don't know. That's yeah. a good question. And it reminds me of a racer head, the tree. You know, like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's the same thing. <laughs> and I think the, these first two episodes, uh, you know, I was like lost. It reminded me of Lost Highway, a racer head, Mohan Drive, a little bit of everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah. It felt like. Uh, all David Lynch's movies that we always connect back to Twin Peaks somehow, now we're back in Twin Peaks and we're connecting that to his movies. Yes. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then we get to a scene where we're at the Palmer house and Sarah Palmer's watching TV 
and she's watching maybe a geographical. I don't know. Yeah. She's watching, she's watching lions maul. I think an ox or something. Yes. But and like interesting is like I don't know. It's interesting to see how her emotion is because I don't know if it's, it, it's. She was into it. She was into it, but I almost felt like yeah. I felt <clears> like she's lived with predators and and in dealing with this stuff, and it's almost I don't know. Was it making her feel alive again? Maybe. Maybe she's dead inside and she's but, just finding she's looking for something to get her going. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I I I think uh, I think both the Sarah Palmer scene and the Leland Palmer scene are actually not surprising because we've already been told how these characters are mm. before this show even started yeah. in what is now probably an extremely significant piece of the story when David Lynch himself interviews mm. Leland Palmer and Sarah Palmer and Laura Palmer in that, in between that two worlds. Uh, extra yeah. between two worlds, a piece of the, uh, the, you know, missing pieces, Blu-ray, mm-hmm. the complete mystery. Yeah. And, you you see you know these answers from these characters, and I as I recall, Sarah Palmer kind of describes her uh, hermetic life that she's leading in this in this old house uh, to mm-hmm. to David Lynch, and um, and so we're seeing that now we're seeing the actual reality of that in this part of her sitting alone in the dark with a lot of alcohol and mm-hmm. cigarettes, and somehow being uh, mesmerized by scenes of extreme violence, mm. uh, albeit from nature, but brutality and blood and death. And mm. um, she is still reeling from the tragedies of her earlier life. And again, I will say, I think that this is all deliberate that she will find some redemption in mm. her suffering as well. So. Something will yeah. come of it. Yeah. So... I hope so. And I, I like that shot. So there's a shot. First we see the TV and they kind of go over to her on the couch. And in the back of her is mirrors. And you're still seeing this violence yes. on the mirrors. And yeah. it made me think of Bob, Mom. that scene where uh, yep. you know, Frank Silva accidentally is in the mirror. But it's that, I don't know. I, it just felt that way to me. It, I think that was very deliberate. Yeah. I think the idea of mirrors behind Sarah Palmer uh, was not an accident. I, I mm. think Lynch knew that that was a great way to convey her mental state and the forces that surround her. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's striking imagery. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And then we're ending this uh, the, the, the second part with the roadhouse. We're fi- back at Twin Peaks. Mm. We have the chromatic mm-hmm. singing shadow. And we have Sherry mm-hmm. hanging out with her, her friends, her girlfriends there. And we, okay, mm-hmm. so my theory about Shelly, she mentioned she has a daughter. So I think, yeah, I think her and Bobby is my get my theory on this. Her and Bobby had a kid. I don't know if they got married or not, but maybe they broke up. Maybe they're off and on. But then uh, the guy walks in. The guy from Lost Highway. He walks in. He gives her. He gives her the you know the hands. He point <laughs> the handguns. <laughs> And I move. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like, oh, she's got something going on with him. Could be on the side, or she's done with Bobby and she's she's moved on. And we get to see James yeah. walk in with someone yeah. with yeah. a green. He had like a green glove. Yeah, like a medical glove or something. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. And Shelly yeah, the says, implication. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. 
Oh, no, I was, was going to say, Shelly says something. I think it was a nod to the audience almost saying, James has always been yeah. cool. And I'm uh, like, that's such a nod yep. to us. Is, like, when I heard Shelly say, it's like, yeah, you're right. He's he always was... been a nice guy. And why are we so mean to him? Poor James. Again, I think that I I think that scene, it works on a lot of different levels. I agree with you completely that it was an acknowledgement that James' character uh, maybe didn't resonate the way they had originally intended mm. that character when they wrote it, but and they say he was in an accident. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and he's okay. He's okay. And you look at him, and there's there's this um, there's this sadness around mm. him, and and there's a, there's this exchange of glances, which is is curious to me because the Roadhouse seems to be a place like that 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 those types of emotions come out. People mm. look at one another and the music plays and they, and they connect in a, in a different way. And I thought, I thought that very much. I thought, you know, she says, James is cool. James has always been cool. Mm. And again, it was this sort of redemption of the character. Uh-huh. He is going to, we're going to see James and I, you know what? If you didn't think he was cool before, you should just wait. He's yeah. cool. He's cool. He's cool. <laughs> awesome. and, yeah. I like that. So, and I, you know, I really, Shelley, I don't think has ever had any interaction with James on the series that I remember, but I kind of make you think like they were kind of like friends and like she knew him from, from high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from high school. So it's one of those people's like, I might be really close with that. I may not be close, but I can remember that person. And he's always been a nice guy. It's kind of how I took it. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like yeah. a love thing. It wasn't like, oh, I love James or anything. It was just kind of like, hey, I think right. he's a nice guy. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah, the way they've always described James was a cool guy, but he wasn't that bright. Like, so Laura thought he wasn't bright, but yeah. Donna's like, he's dreamy. Yeah. 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 No, there's something more to come from James, and I think the person he was with is probably his son. Mm, uh, too, yeah. But, um, but you know, we don't know. Right. Uh, and, um, and I will say one other thing. You mentioned the, 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 uh, the guy sitting at the bar looking at Shelly and does the – he does the gun move. <laughs> yeah, Shelly. Shelly gives him a look that's not necessarily a, a rejection. Hmm. And I thought, oh, Shelly, you still love the bad guy. The yeah, bad, you yeah. know, there's uh, this guy. This is the new Leo in your life. You better yes. watch out. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's still attracted to somebody who's not good for you. So, yeah. um, uh, hard to say, but. But it it's it that scene was infused with nostalgia. Mm, yeah. And oh, yeah. uh and um it was the perfect ending too. Yeah. To that. It was just it was beautiful. I was say, you know, I mean the, the series is is very different. Like you don't have a lot of bad amount of tea. I mean it's just not the same and you don't have the soap opera that you used to have. But this roadhouse right. made me think there was a little bit of a soap opera. It's like, okay, you know, Becky mm-hmm. uh, Shelley's daughter is, right. is, is right. with a bad boy and all of a sudden right. another guy comes in and she's kinda into him and then James comes in and like you have and he was in an accident. Yeah. So you have all these things like right. this this <laughs> this one scene seems right. very soap opera. And you can see them going mm-hmm. on about these different stories, but I, I liked it. I loved it. Yeah, I got a very dreamlike feeling. I'm sorry, John. What were you saying? Yes. It, yeah. I, well, I was just saying, and, and how appropriate is it for Shelley to say, you know, my daughter's with the wrong guy? Yes. And, you know, it's like, well, like mother, like, like daughter. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's and, and it's these cycles, maybe, right? Maybe right. we're seeing yeah, the younger yeah. generation taking on the character and falling into the same traps. 
and behaviors of their of their parents. Mm. We don't. We. I mean, we're just we're just throwing it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yet to to prove that. But um, but it was it was in some ways it was a beautiful scene and it was mm. also a sad scene and it was um. It, it, but you're absolutely right. It recalled the sort of the melodrama mm-hmm. of Twin Peaks. So, um, uh, you know, we've got a whole summer of Twin Peaks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's great. It's that, so great. That scene, that scene was very dreamlike, and especially seeing Jock. Now we know it's not really Jock. It's one of the it's another right, Reno, no brother. Yeah. yeah. But a part of me, yeah. I saw his face, and then, you know, I see Shelly and all them, and it felt like a dream, and I was like, yeah. this is a crazy theory. And I, obviously, it went out the window my <laughs> second viewing. My first viewing, I was just like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if all these old characters just somehow would just meet in the roadhouse over time? Mm. And what if... They're they're all passed away, and this is just. Then I was oh, like, no. oh, I'm going down lost. lost. Yes. Yeah, and then I'm like, I'm Don't going go down lost. the lost highway. Yeah. I'm going down that way. Don't go there. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, that's what I thought of just in the beginning when I saw Jacques, oh, and yeah. I'm like, why is he there? Right. And then, then when she says Shelly goes, oh, James was in a motorcycle accident. I'm like, well, that doesn't mean he survived it. Yeah, that means right. now this is where he is. I hope it doesn't go that. I'm glad. I don't yeah. think it is. I, I think that's a crazy theory. I. My third viewing, I, I didn't I, see it that way anymore. <laughs> I think your theory is, is pr- probably a little too far-fetched for the show. But yeah, yeah. I think you're on to something about the Roadhouse. I think the Roadhouse is a place. Mm. It's one of those places. It, you know, the owls were gathering at the Roadhouse. Mm. The log lady came to tell Cooper that. It yeah. was at the Roadhouse that Bobby is at the bar and Donna is crying. And they mm. know. That Maddie's been killed, but they don't know. Right. And yeah. uh, and the Roadhouse is a place, and that same kind of thing was happening again. Hmm. Not maybe to that extent, but there was there was um, there was a there was a nonverbal communication happening. There was a there was a connection happening in that place. Hmm. These characters somehow either become more aware or more connected. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. No, I see and maybe that too. I'm just yeah, yeah. Rom- rom- Maybe just romanticizing it, but I <laughs> love the idea of a roadhouse as this place where you go and you connect with yourself or with someone else in a, in a way that you can't anywhere else. So, yeah. and, and the music, yeah. you know, yeah. it, 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 it's a place. It's a place where there's always music in the air. That's right. That's true. It is. So, I love it. Yeah. so. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is so beautiful. I, I think about the pilot. The pilot, we have the Roadhouse and we have Julie Cruz. And to be able yes. to do this, this is almost like a new pilot for the new series that mm-hmm. they still yep. have that, that there's still a special vibe in this place of music. And I yes. I, I loved it. I, yeah. I thought it was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we covered it all. I think we uh, I think you did. I mean, <laughs> I think we hit upon everything. I can't yeah. think of any. I'm, I'm. Oh man, I was. Yeah, I was so satisfied. I was so really happy to get once I got through. Well, I mean, I, we got through, John and I got through uh, four parts, but even like the, these first two parts, they were so good. They really set things up for future uh, uh, parts. Oh, I know. It, it was. Really I, cool. I think it. I think it's safe to say. I mean. We just talked about parts one and two for I don't know what about an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. and we we didn't even cover. I think we maybe covered about seventy percent, fifty percent of. <laughs> we didn't talk about the weird apparition in the jail cell. We didn't mm. talk about you, you know uh, some some other sequences that happened uh, um, here and there uh, with the bad Cooper. And so 
you think about it. That we we have two. We have sixteen more. <laughs> 16 I hours to come, <laughs> and I don't think we're going to be able to stop talking about it for years to come. And right. that is, I mean, that is a great thing. I mean, you know, um, I'm going to be writing about it, mm-hmm. I hope, for years to come. Oh, yeah. Your guys are going to be talking about it. We're going to be finding connections that we missed. Um, we did just been talking about it now. We made some observations that had never occurred to us mm-hmm. until yeah. this conversation. And so everyone is going to be talking about it and thinking about it. And I mean, it's so much that they're giving us from the show. I don't think any other television show can provide that richness. Um, There's a lot of great TV out there, but this is something else entirely. Mm, This is a whole different world that David Lynch and Mark Frost have created for us to just go in and examine and uh, experience and uh, we're so lucky. We are so lucky. Yeah. so lucky. Yeah. yeah. And so, I, um, and I think I'm a, there's no way, I'm, there's no way to predict what's going to come next. You know no. what I mean? Like other shows you say like, right. okay, I think next week most likely <laughs> so-and-so will be doing this and you, you get a general idea right. where they're going. Like I have no idea next week what's going to happen on this show. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I love it. Oh, I love right. It. We, oh. right. we really don't, don't. So, um, yeah, we're, well, I will, you know, I know we recorded this for the podcast and it's great, but I'm sure you guys, you know, you and I will be texting and talking oh, yeah. again on the phone, uh, <laughs> just, just, to, you know, just like try to get our heads wrapped around it. So, yes. Um, it's a great thing. Uh, I th- and I feel like you're getting a good, yeah. I get a good vibe from the community. I think the community really is enjoying the, oh, I, I haven't heard any really complaints about this. It no. seems like it's been really positive. But I think of the community, I, I was telling Ben, I'm like, do we live in a bubble? Because I... On Twitter, on on Facebook, and on Reddit, everyone's loving it. And yeah. I, I think beyond that bubble, I was looking at um, the IMDb rating. Hmm. And they're high. Not it's like nine point eight. Awesome. And then if you go on, um, even ratings on IGN and other places, it's all in the nines. Mm. So I think even people outside of the Twin Peaks community who watched it and didn't think about it beyond that are right. still enjoying it. Yeah. And that's a good sign. Yeah, there have been there have been a few negative reviews. There was one extremely extremely negative review in uh, TV Line. I think um, um, what's the guy's name? Michael? I can't remember oh, the, yeah. the critic's name. Oh yeah, you're talking about. Uh, his name yeah, he, he gave it a he gave it a D minus. Uh, wow. And he, and he was he was at the he was at the premiere, and I I did not see him, so I can only give you this second hand. But someone I was with when I was out there, uh, encountered him and asked him what he thought. And the quote at the, at that Friday night was, I hated it. <laughs> and so we knew, we knew in advance there were some critics that were wow. not happy, but, uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to also give a shout out to, uh, David Bushman, who is a, a great, uh, you know, Twin Peaks, um, student and scholar mm. with his Twin Peaks FAQ book. And I met him in New York a couple of months ago. And I was, when I saw you, Ben, out there. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm going to give, uh, David Bushman full credit for this concept. He said, um, David Lynch is asking us to meet him on his terms, mm. not on our terms. Right. Yeah. And True. so David Bushman, full credit for that, for that idea. And and when I read that bad review, all you could see in it was this is my terms, and they weren't met. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I will just say this to anyone who's, who's considering watching Twin Peaks and never has, or wants to go back to it: 
David Lynch you know, has a way of saying, open yourself up to what mm. he's doing. You may not like it, and that's fine, but but you got to play on his playing field, not yeah. on yours. Yeah. So, so, um, and I think the hardcore fans understand that. Mm-hmm. They're like, yep, we're willing to walk in there and just let it wash over us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, our friend Jubal from Contrast Esperanto, you know, he was on yes. social media mm-hmm. and he made a great point. And I think a lot of people, you know, you go into this thinking, are we going to go back to the town? And I'm, am I going to have nostalgia just wash over me? And it's just going to be a carbon copy of what we've already seen. But that's what I want. That's what I think I want. And he made a great point right. saying the original show came out when soap operas and all this stuff was very popular. Right. So they're, they're taking a slant on that. Now we're in the golden age of television. TV has definitely changed. Right. And now Twin Peaks yeah. is modern. Mm. It's be- it, it went with the yeah. times. Right. And it still gives us elements of that classic feel, but it's a new beast. Yep. And you have to accept that, uh, you know? And I thought he, he, he said totally, that very well. I totally agree. I, I uh, made this comment on some other interviews before. Uh, you know, we are in the golden age of television. We are experiencing some of the best TV that's ever been on. And it is all, you know, much of it is extremely, extremely high quality. Mm. But they are still following the the conventions of TV for the most part. There are a few shows that have played with it. Fargo season two and Legion Mm. played with it a little more than some of the other shows, but you know, the best scripted show other than twin peaks right now is probably better call Saul. Mm -hmm. It's completely engaging. It's completely, uh, you know, it's, it's gripping, but it follows a four act structure. It has the rising action. It has the little, it's exactly what you said. We kind of know what's coming a little bit. There's mm. going to be a conflict coming. They're leading us to it. Um, it's extremely well done. But Lynch and Frost have come in and said, we're raising the bar again. Yeah. And I think there may be an audience out there who is, who is you know, ready to engage in something that's going to challenge us more than what we're what we're seeing on TV right yeah, now. It's not yeah, for everyone, yeah. but there's definitely an audience that's like, yeah, okay, you know, hit me with it. Yeah, let's yeah, see what yeah. you got. Yep. So, oh, it's awesome. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So, John, real quick, I, I it's great to see you in the media. I know you were you've been in some. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've been in some articles. One of them being Entertainment Weekly Online. They did a great. Uh, piece on you very awesome yeah i you're all over it. and of course you were on some of the videos <laughs> the promo videos oh I'm, i know and i'm, I'm watching going and i know john oh, and yeah. i know ben and i know francine well, very brief but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but it was really cool to see you well, john i you know what i have said you know i've said this to my family i'm like okay this is this is the moment it's going to pass you know no one's gonna <laughs> no one's gonna be interested in two weeks from now so i'm really happy for that for that moment in time, mm. yeah, yeah, suddenly Entertainment Weekly did a real, real long uh, write-up on nice. fandom and included some information about Wrapped in Plastic. And then, of course, you know, Ben already knew that I'd been out to New York to re- film or tape the, uh, mm. the the promo stuff that they were preparing. Uh, and Ben got in there. Yes. So that was yeah, really my, great. My, my uh, we see him seconds. in part three. Yeah. I was so happy um, to see him. Uh, 
But with you, John, yeah, I, lo- I felt like they they really used a lot of your material. I loved that, like they really weaved in all this stuff into two uh, promos. And and yeah, you were great. You look good I on, was... <laughs> on video. <here. laughs> yeah, and, and Ben knows what condition I was in when I did that. So, uh, it was um, pouring rain. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah you're right. I hadn't eaten anything. I was oh. dead. So uh, uh, the yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, and very pleased that they used as much of me as they did, and mm-hmm. I didn't come off looking like a complete fool. So, you were a scholar. So that you was, good. Yeah, you look yeah. good. Uh, yeah. It was. Um, it really was. It was nice. It was nice to to you know feel like I had a tiny, tiny place somewhere mm-hmm. in in the history of Twin Peaks. So that was that was nice. Um, it's it's been it's been a fun couple of weeks for sure. Oh it's yeah, been great. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, it's been awesome. So, John, can you share with us uh, where can they people find you? I know you're also involved with Blue, sure. Blue Rose Magazine. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. In fact, I uh, I took a big break from an article I have to get done so I could talk to you. About, uh, <laughs> um, the the second issue of the Blue Rose Magazine is probably going to be out. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is going to play, but tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, Oh, okay. Then in about two weeks, we should have it. Two, two and a half weeks, it should be ready to ship. Awesome. Um, and yes, I'm still writing for it. So that's how close we are to wow. the. Uh, and uh, so Blue Rose Magazine is, is, we've got issue three figured out. We've got content for issue four. So it is a real thing. It should be coming out fairly regularly. Um, we're, we're hoping to get interviews somewhere down the line uh, with some of the new actors, uh, some of the old actors. And obviously, as we've just talked, there's plenty of stuff to talk about with Twin Peaks for mm. years and years to come. So go out and look for the Blue Rose. And then, of course, my book, uh, Central Wrapped in Plastic, is on Amazon. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to cover the old series. So if you need some <laughs> information on the old series, that's the book for you. Uh, it is a great book. And, I um, love that book. I was actually just telling a friend who I knew back 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. He saw it on Amazon. He's like, you got to get that book. I mean, it really is the essential yes. book for Twin Peaks. So, yeah, <laughs> I definitely recommend. I can't imagine who doesn't have that is who's into Twin Peaks. you, you got to pick it up. But uh, uh, Well, thank you. Yeah, I hope more people get it. That would be great. Um, uh, uh, so, yeah. Um, and will uh, you still you know, be writing I'm, in your I'm blog sure. as well? Or are you still – do you think you'll um, – I, I will probably – I have neglected it for a while, but I've just been too busy with oh, yeah. with all these other things that are going on. Definitely. So I haven't had any chance to, to do anything on that. Um, so, yeah, and then I'm on Twitter at ThornWhip, W-I-P at the end there. Um, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Cool. Well, John, thank you so much for your time. I know you've got a lot of work you're doing. I really appreciate the time to talk about this. The first and, uh, first and second part of the new series that uh, we got. A on. lot to take in. Yeah. And I think we're planning on having yeah. you and some of the people from Blue Rose Magazine on. A future episode. Future episode. Yeah. So it's great to be able to talk to you okay. again soon. Sounds, yeah, sounds great. I, I'm happy to, to contribute. That'd be great. Thank you, John Thorne, for being on today's show. And thank you, Harley Payton, for being on today's show. Yeah, great guests. It yeah. was a packed show. Yeah, it's very I packed. mean, we have so much more we can talk about, but we all, there's always next week. We are a weekly show. We'll be back next week to talk more about uh, uh, part three and four. Also, Ben, I did put out the question, you know, what did you guys think about parts one and two? Mm, Community feedback here. We were hoping to get to it, but we'll have to wait till next week. Yeah, I got a slew of people, and I thank you. I thank you so much. And maybe next week we'll dive into that bag because there are 
questions I still want to ask, but we just can't do it all in one show. We're we know this is a long one. Next week might be another long one. Then we're getting to the one hour rhythms. I yeah, think. Maybe. It, maybe <laughs> the way we're going. But we'll dig into these questions and. We plan on doing a feedback episode probably when Twin Peaks takes a break in July. Right. That's a future show idea that these questions that we've kind of glazed over, we didn't Mm. get a chance to really dig in, that might be the show we dig in. Totally. Thank you for everybody on Facebook. Thank you, everybody on Twitter. And thank you to the uh, community at large, other podcasters and bloggers. We got our goal. The goal was to get Twin Peaks on that top 50. We did it. That was awesome. Big I'm applause. so excited. So applause. And what excites me is there's so many of our friends there as well. They're in that top 50. They're in that top 100. Some of them are just getting the top 200. But to see all of our different friends or podcasts, oh. they're all getting on that top chart. It's so great. cool. It's so cool. And Congratulations to everybody. To, yeah. to, to Diane's podcast, to Counter Esperado, to, I mean, we've got so many of the Twin Peaks. I, I think maybe I've seen Bickering Peaks. I've seen. There will be drinkings on there. There's on drinking. The Red Room got on there. Congratulations. Everybody. I mean, really our community. I love this community. I love the other podcasts and what they're doing. And it's great that we're all in it together. We'll just see each other in the trees. See you in the trees. Deputy Hawk, if I'm ever lost, I hope you're the man they send to find me. May the wind be always at your back.